What's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. You won't believe how many people came out to protest outside of Warner Brothers for a Justice League director's cut. The Black Panther hype is real with a new trailer and strong ticket pre-sales. We got our first official image of Tom Hardy from Venom. Yes, they're actually making this movie. And Fox shakes up the release dates of this year's X-Men movies. Plus, why is Jumanji killing it at the box office? And our sins and wins for 2017 and a whole bunch more all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, January 11th, 2018. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Hi, old listener. What's up? How's it going? Welcome to the one and only Jock and Nerd podcast. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name's Rock Boy. He's the Rock Boy. And he's the nerd. Yay, what's up? Yes, Anthony the Jock is out. If you are a first-time listener, you may be a little confused. You may probably have a couple of questions. Rugs, they may be asking themselves, uh, one, what is this fucking show about? Okay. And two, uh, where's the Jock? It says Jock and Nerd Podcast on, yeah, on the cover. He gets top billing for some reason. He does. I don't know how that happened. That's the he- least amount of work on the show. He's the one who gets su- stop billing. And he suggested the name and I just went along with it. Very sneaky. Very sneaky. I see what happened. Well, look, let's answer these questions. Number one, new listener. What is the show about? Well, we have a great tagline. Thanks to listener John Seifert from last episode. Modification. Uh, if you subscribe to the show, listener, every week, you're going to get comic book and superhero TV and movie news reviews and whatever we choose. Talking nerd. Which can mean sometimes there's an interview, sometimes there's rants, sometimes there's uh, whatever we choose. That's what it's called, whatever we choose. Yeah, whatever the fuck we want, then Whatever mine. the fuck we want. Thank you to John Seifert for that tagline. I love it. We're going to run with it. Number two, where's the jock? Well, last week he told us he's going on this cruise. <laughs> it it's like is an, an EDM cruise or it something. It is an EDM cruise called Holy Ship. And I Googled pictures of this fucking holy ship and holy shit. Oh shit. This is a giant boat and it's just a party on the boat. Just Google holy ship. There's fucking half naked girls everywhere and uh, half naked men also and lasers and lights. And I hope he remembers the cruise when he comes back. I wonder if they have times up on that thing. Do they? What uh, they should, is there times up on the on the EDM cruise? I think the amount of Molly counteracts the times up. Yeah, no? are they all wearing black? Is there a hashtag times up for the EDM cruise? So here's what I wanted to do. I haven't uh, heard from Anthony since he left. Uh, I thought we should check his Snapchat. Now <laughs> this is something I know Anthony would not. Can you give me a link to that? Uh, no. I can't, oh, I have to. I, I can't. See I it. will describe it because I know he's not going to like this, but. Uh, let me, I don't know if there's anything on here. I haven't checked. Let's see. Hold on. Let me look. And if there is, I will pump it through. Oh, you know what? He's smart. I don't see any snaps. I think there were snaps earlier. They may have disappeared, which is what the snaps do. 
They expire. Uh, they expire. So it's very smart. I think I did look earlier and there was just, it was a pan of a boat and there was a party and there was lasers and it was just what you would expect. So Anthony, buddy, hope you're having fun on the Holy Ship EDM podcast. How many STDs is he getting? <laughs> All of them. Oh, shit. If you oh come back God. with less than 12, Anthony, you did not have a good time. Plus, if you come back and can remember most of it, I think you also. Dude, fit. he's going to be going into midlife crisis mode. He just hit 30. Yes. Dirty oh, 30. And yeah. he's trying to squeeze in what last. Uh, His uh, dick's going to fall off. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's, it, he's trying to get a little more strange in there. He's going to have to borrow mine. <laughs> Detachable penis. Hey, if you are a new listener, here's what we're going to do this show. We got a bunch of news. We didn't do news last week. A lot of interesting things uh, broke in the last few days. We got some trailers, some new release dates, some first looks, some release dates that have moved of movies that are coming out soon. So a lot of exciting stuff. And then a second half, we're going to do something Rugboy suggested. Rugs, uh, what, what are we doing second half to this show? Well, I wanted to do like the best of and the worst of, but it, everybody does that. So we're going to do sins and wins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tired. And like, you know, last week, if you ch- check out last week's show, because we ranked the superhero movies of 2017, that's always fun to do. But we just talked about movies. And man, there's a lot more to the the geekosphere uh, than movies last year. So it's a little bit of excuse to talk a little bit about TV. And then uh, whatever else happened. And a lot of things happened. So sins and wins of 2017. I love that idea, Rugs. Thanks for contributing, actually. Yeah, I do stuff every once in a while. <laughs> Thanks for doing something that made it easy for me. And listener, if uh, you got a new uh, device for the holiday season, maybe you got a home speaker or an Alexa or a new iPhone, make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. Grab your friend's new phone. If it's an iPhone, he's got the podcast app. Just subscribe them. Don't even tell them. Uh, if you got an Android, you can hit us up on Spotify. Uh, visit jockandnerd.com for all the places you can find the show. And show notes for this episode will be at jockandnerd.com slash 203. It will have links to everything we're going to talk about. Very fun. Rugs, let's get to the news. Do it. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Also, if you want to get in touch with us, this is a two-way show, listener. Now, you may have listened to some other big podcasts like your Joe Rogans, your NPR serials, you know, S-Town. They're great shows. High production. But if you think about it, those are one-way podcasts, Rugs. They yeah. they never talk about their listeners. They never interact. They never read listener email. And I want to know every listener by name. And we are on our way to get there. So visit jockandnerd.com slash contact for all the ways you can get in touch. Our Twitter, our Facebook, our awesome Facebook group, Speak Pipe. You could send us audio. This is a two-way show, people. Uh, shout out. Hit us up back. I got to welcome new person to the Facebook group. Welcome, huge welcome to Gianendra Dubai. Whoa, is that a dude or uh, Well, it's funny that you asked that because this is another situation where I did a little cyber stalking and I'm looking at the pictures and all the pictures have uh, a man and a woman. So maybe it's like uh, like, like a combined thing. Here's what I like know. The Wonder Twins. No, I think I've learned my lesson from the Jess Rivera incident. I'm just going to assume it's the guy. And so this is an Indian couple. The guy is from India, uh, Bill High, India. So, Janendra, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. I'm going to assume you are the male in the two photos this time. Uh, I got a 50-50 shot. 
Let's see. <laughs> maybe I'm right. If you're wrong, wrong this time, you think it's the guy this time, and it's really the woman, it's uh, always I, funny. I can't catch a break. Uh, welcome to the Facebook group. All right, let's start with a little tiny bit of Star Wars news, because we did our last Jedi uh, review, and uh, it's made a, over, it's like at $1.2 billion, The Last Jedi, worldwide. Han Solo, a Star Wars story spinoff, is uh, scheduled to come out in just about four months, Rugs. Wow, that's fucking fast. It's fast. Now, here's the weird thing. We don't have a poster. We haven't seen any images, really. There's no trailer for a well, movie that's coming out in May. Well, you know why? Why is this? They just finished it. They, you know, they just, they have no idea, like, what this movie <laughs> this, is yet. This movie is so weird. So, if you've been following the story, listener, here it is. Lord and Miller... Uh, hired to direct this movie uh, years ago, got all the way through filming. They were five weeks away from fi- finishing filming the movie. They get fired by Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Replaced by the Ron Howard, who right. reportedly reshoots 80% of the movie. And now uh, it's come out that they're doing reshoots on the reshoots. Oh, shit. Which I figured that would happen, definitely. Yeah, because he... I think he reshot the whole movie at the 11th hour. And these second reshoots are like first reshoots on the movie because they remade the whole fucking movie in a matter of months. So uh, 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 this movie is crazy. I don't know. What, with, uh, what give us a trailer. being awesome? I, th- it could be. I have a feeling this is going to be the first Star Wars movie that's like a big fucking disaster. Like, I don't know if it could be a, like, a, I don't know. This is what happens. Like, uh, people think that Rogue One is a shit show. I liked it. I uh, love Rogue One. The Last Jedi, I yeah. didn't like, and everybody loves it. Yeah. So what if I like this one? I, it, I, the way it's trending, I'm into these spinoff movies more so far uh, because they do have the feel of the old school. You know, they're all set before in that old school period, and that's kind of what I uh, like about them. But the story of this movie, like this is turning into like a Warner Brothers situation where this is, this is going to be a fucking f- weird Justice League. They gotta type put it out thing. though. They just gotta put it out. It'll make some money. They have to put it out, or they could push back the release date. We'll I get mean, into that in like, a little bit. What if they're being brilliant? What if this is all reverse marketing psychology? No, I mean, like, what if they don't? They're like, hey, the only way we can recoup this money from this movie is to not advertise it at all. And not, like, you know what? I think this. I, you know what? I had this thought this today. Hundred million dollars to market yes. a movie. Uh, yeah, so I had this thought. That's funny you say that. I had this thought. I don't know what I was watching, but I was like, I would love someone to do an experiment. You're making this movie. Don't put anything out. Put out one trailer a month before. J.J. Abrams do that for like and, Cloverfield and, and everything? Yeah, and that's it. Nothing else. Just one trailer. It could be like the old school experience of going to a movie and not knowing anything about it. The way it used to be before the interwebs. You know what? Lucasfilm, try that. Let's experiment with that. Kathleen Kennedy, she listens to the show. She subscribed. Let's try this experiment with Solo because clearly you guys are ready to just fucking wipe your hands and cut your losses on this movie anyways. Uh, Don't put out anything. Maybe don't even put out a trailer. I think they should just put the movie out and then uh, like uh, maybe like send promos for like access, like all the entertainment shows that are going to run it regardless without you paying them. Definitely don't preview it for the fucking reviewers a week before. Yeah, that's just not gonna put happen. It out and see what happens. Wouldn't that be interesting? It just comes out without any fanfare, no promotion, no marketing. How much what does it cost to put a trailer out on YouTube? 
Nothing. Nothing. And you're right. Marketing budgets are almost as much as the making the fucking movie. Right. So now that you've remade this movie already and sunk more money, you can't promote it. Just fucking put it out. Like, all yeah, I have to do is go on their website, upload a bunch of posters, and within two days, they'll be all over the internet on all the nerd sites that will just be like, the new poster is released. Like, the, like if I was <laughs> the head of marketing, yes. I'd be like, dude, the only way we can re- recoup this money on th- that we're losing on this movie is by not doing any marketing for it. We have to, like, think about guerrilla marketing. We can't. Do marketing. Yeah. And then just put out the posters a week before the movie comes out. Who cares? Fucking May 25th, this movie, I think it's coming out at the end of May. So I don't know. This is going to be so fascinating. May's kind of a wild way, though. They could, they could pump it up. It does make me want to be there opening day to see this thing. Because, like, what is this? What is this movie? This I don't is know. Be but if they decide yeah. to do that, it'd be genius. All right. Experiment. Just buck the trend, Disney. All right. Let's move on to a little bit of DC movie news. Uh, this is a, a, a great story. Uh, there was a Zack Snyder fan, bunch of Zack Snyder fans organized a, a planned protest outside. How many do you think they were? Hold on. Outside Warner Brothers headquarters in Burbank. They were going to show up, make a lot of noise to demand an extended director's cut of Justice League. They want to make it clear to the studio that they want to see Zack Snyder's version. This protest leading up to this day received a lot of attention online. It's fair to say many people, hundreds of people, if not millions of people heard about this, Ruggs, right? Right. So what happens? The day comes around and all this results in a grand total of 13 people. That's a lot more than I thought. Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Not 13,000. Not 1,300. 13 people showed up. So our entire listener base showed up. Yes, everyone who <laughs> listens to this show. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. And there's, so there's a picture on Twitter with the fucking wow. 13 of them. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Here's the funniest thing, though, Rugs. They did this on a Saturday when none of the studio executives are at work. Oh, I wonder, shit. I wonder if we can get more people to show up there than, oh, fuck yeah. than Zack Snyder. I think we should do an opposite protest and just uh, we release the whole Joss Whedon version or something. I don't. How know. many fans do you think we got in California that would do it? We have lots of listenership in California. You know what? Had we definitely raised this, more than thirteen, we could have at least doubled. <laughs> we could have doubled this showing. So good for you, thirteen fans. For uh, I don't think it's gonna work, but I'm glad it worked out. Uh, there is a rumor that we could get a Justice League extended cut with. Get this, a whopping 15 minutes extra added to the movie, which should yeah, it's change probably all cyborg shit or something. The whole, yeah, it could be, and we saw, yeah, just put in that cyborg backstory. 15 it minutes. Help, it would help cyborg out just a little bit. It's not, it'll help him out. Not going to save the movie, regardless of what yeah, anybody thinks. Put the thinks. Aquaman shit and the cyborg shit back in, and then you know, at least that. We put the shit that was in the trailers back in the movie. That could be a start. Yeah. It might help. Obviously, you got to steer clear of any Superman shit because of the super lip. But well, can you, you can't can you put old Superman footage back in now? It's you could, but I don't know why they wouldn't do that in the first place. That's true. If they had anything working, they would have already used yeah. it, wouldn't it? Wow, what a mess that movie was. Okay, moving on to the MCU. Listen, we're a month out from Black Panther. The hype is real. The revolution will not be televised. It'll be in a movie theater. It's going to be in the movie theater. And during some college football sport thing, 
that happened. They premiered a new trailer, Rocks. Did you see this new trailer or you stopped watching trailers? No, I think I saw it. This trailer is pretty badass. It's a lot of what we seen you with see a, a little... lot of lumpy, lumpy Michael Jordan. Yeah, he's got bumps all over. Yeah, but, very bumpy. Uh, you can see that uh, a lot of the CGI is better. You can see a little more dialogue with uh, what's his face in the beginning, uh, Andy Circus, going, "You tell me, does the King of Wakanda runs around in a Black Panther suit?" And he's like, "You could ask him." But dude, the Afrofuturistic tech, like these ships, these flying ships, like the tech looks amazing. It's so sci-fi heavy. It's beautiful. Like I don't know if I was expecting this much sci-fi with these colors and and this Afrofuturism is amazing. I just think that it's just a. It's crazy. It's great. I think, though, that when you, it'd be so hard to keep that a secret. All that crazy cool shit. Well, yeah. How did anybody? I mean, clearly, T'Challa is like way richer than fucking Tony I Stark mean, and has better tech, it looks like, yeah, than Tony Stark. He's like way more cool than Tony Stark will way ever cooler. be. Yes. How come nobody? Well, but they've been secretive on purpose because we're going to find out what happens when they're outed. Kind of like the Amazons. Uh, in Wonder Woman, and this movie, like, it kind of reminds me of Wonder Woman because it's going to be that socially important as Wonder Woman was. Right, but hopefully it's a better movie than Wonder but, Woman. But yes, and I think it will be a better movie. Speaking of which, here's how we know the hype is real. Uh, it is highest grossing out pre-sale movie, advanced ticket Marvel movie yet. It has pe- outsold the Civil War early sale. Uh, this thing is, uh, is in 24 hours, best-selling MCU title in the first 24 hours of pre-sales. So that's exciting. And it kind of, uh, makes me wonder if I should get tickets right now. It probably be a good idea. So, uh, I wanted to do, since all we got this hype and, 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 and it's the pre-sale is huge. Let's, what do you think it's going to open to? Let's do opening weekend predictions here. What day does it open on? Okay. So here's some factors to consider. It's opening February 16th. So February release. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in comparison, Deadpool in, uh, was that 2016 February release opened to $132 million. Okay. It's okay. going to blow that out of the water. Uh, really? Okay. So si- solo, uh, origin, Marvel movies, the highest is Iron Man, $98 million opening. That'll blow that away. For the first movie. Yeah. The highest, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming 117 uh, is, is high. So that that's higher than Iron Man. You think it's going to blow that away? I think. What? Give me a number. One weekend, I think it'll do 130, 140. I'm thinking I, that's the number I had in mind, 135. People, I've seen predictions from everywhere from like 85, 95 to like one. I think it's going to do a lot. More because if it's outselling Civil War, now Civil War came out in May, right? That opened to 179. This is what I think. I think that this movie is going to hopefully be a more serious movie. Yes. And I think it has to be. Yes. Because it's like you're 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 doing the the, the biggest, you know, African American superhero movie that's been done in a long time. With a black cast, a black director, yeah. and a yeah. yes. So if it's like a, if it's one of those jokey movies. No, look, we gave us three comedies last year, Marvel. Yeah. I don't think they're going to make that mistake. So that- if it has some weight to it, I think that people are going to be like, uh, they're going to give you that whole like, uh, 
like Civil War vibe or like this shit is you got to see this. Absolutely. Or, yeah, you Absolutely. know, and it's going to spread like wildfire and people are going to go crazy for it. That's why I think despite the opening weekend, I think it's going to have legs. I see people going back to see this over and over again. You know, February is also Black History Month. So uh, it's just a great tie in. And this is something, you know, if you're a, a, a black kid who's been reading comics since you were a kid, if you're my age, you've been waiting for this, you know, your whole life. This is like if there's a Kamala Khan movie, dude. This is like me watching The Big Sick. Finally, somebody put my life on on the screen. Uh, it's very exciting, and uh, I, yeah, I think I think it can make a lot of money. And it's the movie right before Infinity War, so it, I think it needs to be a well, little I bit. Think serious. This is a good message to be sent out to the world. Yeah, that you know, it's like uh, people want a good hero, and they don't care where they're from or where what their yep. uh, nationality is. And like, of course, there's a lot of people that are gonna go see this movie because they 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 feel like that's representing them. But I think a lot of people just want to see this movie. Period. Yeah, and that's a that's a sign of unity that all these tickets are being sold, that all these people are clamoring for this movie, that I'm interested in this movie to this degree, that you're interested in this movie to this degree. So it's um, it's kind of a proof that, like, we're not as divided as we seem. No, and it kind of feels like the right time for this movie. Like, the timing seems perfect uh, to get this it's gonna get do, hyped up for this. It's going to do fucking great numbers, hopefully. I can't wait. I'm excited for that. And I'm excited for the soundtrack because all the trailers have had amazing music. I loved uh, the Run the Jewels uh, legend has it that they use. Uh, I got an article here. Kendrick Lamar to produce Black Panther, the album, uh, which, wow, that's contemporary. Anthony's going to make fun of me, but I'm like, that's fucking hip. That's now what a great choice. And they put out a first track with uh, Kendrick Lamar and it's SZA, which is like the RZA, but with an S, but it's a girl. Uh, it's called All the Stars, and you can check it out on Spotify. It's a pretty good track, man. Like, uh, I really, I can't, I think this this, this soundtrack is going to be dope. Is it tied into Black Panther, or is it just like a song that's on the soundtrack? Uh, it's This is going to be a song that's on a soundtrack, a lot of like a current hip-hop song. So it's... Uh, it's not, yeah, okay. it's a so soundtrack. It's not like, like when you got the Crow soundtrack, like, like a lot of the songs were written with the Crow in mind. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Or will they be used in the movie? They're using them in the like trailers. Like, back in the day, yeah. like, if you went and bought, like, let's say, this is a bad example, <laughs> like, the Godzilla 1998 soundtrack. Like, there's yeah. literally, like, a Green Day song with Godzilla, like, roaring through it. Okay, that's a little much. Uh, yeah, and it was like, that. you know, and then, like, P. Diddy did, like, a song with Godzilla <laughs> in it as well. It's a, and, uh, you know, did a, the cover of, uh, you know, w- with the riff from uh, Led Zeppelin. So yeah, I don't think it's know, like Bobby Brown doing the song for Ghostbusters too. Okay, so you know, not, <laughs> this is actual. Not, uh, although I did like that song, it was huge in uh, whatever year they came out. This, I mean, this this is gonna be it's Kendrick Lamar. You know, it's gonna be uh, some fucking good hip hop. Uh, so I'm excited for the soundtrack. And then there's one final Black Panther story I thought was uh, was really touching. Uh, the Boys and Girls Club of Harlem uh, set up a GoFundMe. To take all the inner city kids to see black see the movie Black Panther. Uh they they wanted ten thousand dollars. They raised thirty-eight thousand one hundred and eighty-three dollars right. in six days. That's cool. It says help children see Black Panther. That's fucking great. Like, I think this is why this movie is gonna be so important and so special for so many people. Yeah, this get February. out there and go see it. If you can yes. take 
Go find a kid that wants to see it and take him. Absolutely. Like, I can't wait. It's going to be the hype is so, so crazy. Uh, Here's some more hype. This story broke yesterday, you know, for like 10 years now, ever since we saw Scarlett Johansson play the Black Widow in Iron Man 2. Right. uh, We wanted a Black Widow movie. Right. And now, you know, DC beat Marvel to the punch with Wonder Woman. But not only DC, other movies like Atomic Blonde. That could have been a Black Widow movie. Right. There's this Red Sparrow movie with Jennifer Lawrence. Have you seen this trailer? Yeah, there's a Lefemme Nikita. There's a thousand movies that the Black this Widow This should is. have been the Black Widow movie. What are you waiting for? It's Well, it looks See, like it's, it's gaining a little bit of momentum. They have a writer. Okay. That's all, though. So it's still, you know, Marvel gonna, has this plan. So, but so, there's a, there is a movie that's in production, so that's there something. There is a movie. It's so all, but all, like, it's production. All they have is a writer. The writer is a Zach Schaefer. It's a woman. Uh, oh, Jack. Sorry. How do you say this? J-A-C is her first name. Well, sounds like Jack. Maybe Jacqueline. Jack, I don't know. Ja- oh, yeah. Short for Jacqueline. That's interesting that she shortened it maybe to appear like S.E. Hinton. Yes. I know it's a woman. But she uh, she wrote uh, she wrote the script called Nasty Women, which is a, uh, a female-centric reboot of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Okay. And uh, she's been tapped to write it. So, yay. There's some movement. Yeah. Is it too little too late for the MCU, though? Not really, but, like, it's just kind of like she's not really a superhero per se. Right. She is a hero, but, like, she's kind of like a human being. Yes. And she doesn't wear, like, a cool suit like Batman or have, like, you know, she has cool toys, I guess. But, like, it's just not as theatrical as, as, like, something like Wonder Woman is, you know. Right. But you look at, like, Red Sparrow, which is R-rated, but it's you. that's the story of a young yeah. girl who's indoctrinated into a Yeah, there's spy. been, like, Hannah. There's yeah. all these movies yeah. that, are, that are about these young girls uh, somewhere in Eastern Europe or Russia that are trained from children and brainwashed and to be killers and all that stuff. So that's that background like that black widow has has been, you know, it's been a trope for years. So like even if they make that movie, like will it even be uh relevant? We've seen that before. It just won't be like as shiny as and new as something anymore. like Wonder so, Woman. So, you know, I I had a couple of thoughts. It also depends when in the MCU you are planning to put this out. Are you going to do this after Avengers 4? Uh can you use this to recast Black Widow, as we do know, her contract's running out soon. Maybe this is the movie where you transition to a new widow. That could be something different. Yeah. I mean, it would suck for Scarlett Johansson to finally get a Black Widow movie, and it's the movie where, you know, she's passing it on to the next widow. Uh, does she even need to be in the movie? Maybe it's an origin with a different, you know, a younger person playing her. I don't know. I don't know. Well, all these things will be answered, but I mean, she's the... Uh, She's the per- the person who puts the uh, asses in the seats. She's the big name, right? So. Yeah. But you know what? The big name doesn't always work. And while she's been Black Widow, she's made Lucy. Yeah. And she's made Ghost in the Shell. Right. Both of these movies didn't really put the butts in the seats, though, like they wanted. Yes, because I think that there's this argument where I think that the star power doesn't mean anything anymore. No, it doesn't, except for a certain movie, which we will get to after the break, that's that's uh, making a lot of money and is number one at the movie theaters right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it proves a very interesting point about the state of blockbuster cinema. Star power doesn't mean what it used to mean. And like, let's say you, everybody loves Robert Downey Jr., right? As Iron Man. Right, right. But without Iron Man, he's not going to open a huge movie. 
Like it has to be the combination of the property right. and the actor and the perfect marriage. In that like, case, it was both. They each made each other. You know? Yeah. Like if you took like Robert Downey Jr. put him in another another movie, it's not going to make as much as Iron Man. Like he did Sherlock Holmes. Right. He did two of yep. them. They did yep. okay. Yep. But I mean. You, he can't just start making properties. Tom Cruise's, uh, you know, star. He's old. He's getting old, and that's that's starting. He he doesn't have a draw anymore. So like, the days of where you throw Arnold Schwarzenegger in any movie and everybody goes, it's number one at, at the yep. box office that yep. weekend. Yep. Those days are over. Where you just go to see uh, the star. Yeah. Because no one cared about what the movie was about. You just wanted to see Arnold. So big maybe muscles. you make this like a mini. Avengers standalone widow like Hawkeye and maybe like uh, you bring in some other side character and make it kind of an ensemble Black Widow movie. I think what I'm trying to say is that the era where these people, uh, these movies are so expensive and and these uh, celebrities are making so much money. Why are we paying them so much money when they can't just open a, a movie on their star power alone? Why are they getting paid like 10, 15 million dollars when it's really the character and that actor together making that the box office. It's drive. that perfect match now. Yeah. So why is you think that like they couldn't get another person besides Robert Downey Jr. to be Iron Man now that Iron Man's propped up? I don't know. I always, you know, it is at least the Spider-Man movies all make money and they had all different people be Spider-Man. Yeah, it's Spider-Man. Yeah, it's Spider-Man, of course. It, yeah, it's the character, and they have uh, they got to match the person. Matt Delhauer posted something on our Facebook group, which is going to lead into our next story. Uh, of course, Delhauer of the forthcoming podcast, The Ginger Geek Pod, everyone's favorite Why ginger. Why do we call it podcasting? We no, no one listens to iPods anymore. No, the people don't even have iPods anymore. Yeah, so why don't we just call it audio cast? Audio web series show. Web shows, yeah, semantics rocks. It doesn't matter what it's called, uh, but I do think that's interesting because you don't know, like when you recommend a book in the title of the book. Say, oh, I got to read uh, Catcher in the Rye book. Like you know, it's yeah. a book. You don't have to say what it is. Uh, anyways, Delhauer posts this. He posted an image of all the movies coming out next year, and he wrote another reason I still don't believe a Venom movie will happen. Of all the 2018 superhero movies coming out, it is the only one we have not seen any sort of images, trailers, or anything for, and it releases in nine months. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, similar to the Han Solo movie. Uh, we have this thing from that, uh, Brazil, or is this the Russian, uh, Oh, is this Sao Paulo comic book convention? It's a V with a, a kind of a... Uh, <laughs> is this Russian? Is this Russian? CCXP. I thought it was Russian. Yeah. It's a cartoon. It's a cool like graphic of Venom with a V, and it says, we are hashtag Venom, which is... So that's all we've had this whole time until articles coming out. Oh, shit. First official Venom image reveals Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. And I get all excited and I click on the photo. And what is it? It's a fucking, it's a picture of Tom Hardy in a blue suit, in a blue shirt. That's all. Wow. Right. (laughs) This is what people are getting excited. This is the image you give us fucking, it's just Tom Hardy with a, I guess he's a reporter. There's a reporter's notebook and he's got a blue shirt on. Uh, great. Uh, look, a lot of people don't think this movie's coming out. It This movie has Michelle Williams, Woody Harrelson, Riz Ahmed, uh, and I'm really excited for it. And uh, somebody zoomed in. So on this picture, you see his notebook there? Somebody zoomed into his notebook. <laughs> 
This people, this person had a lot of time on his hands, but I'm glad they did. This is, so it gives you a little confirmation about the rumors of this movie that we already knew, but it kind of confirms it. Uh, in the book, it, it, there's a question that says, how exactly does the Life Foundation go about testing its pharmaceuticals? What about the allegations your empire is built on? And then it says you recruit the most vulnerable of us to volunteer for the tests that end up something them. But all this confirms previous reports that Venom will be based at least in part on the story arc Venom Lethal Protector, where Eddie Brock makes a deal with Peter Parker. He leaves New York for San Francisco, and that's where he counters the Life Foundation. And I believe Riz Ahmed is playing uh, like a CEO of the Life Foundation, which is like a shadowy corporate survivalist group. And this group creates the five horrific symbiotes forced on Venom. Scream, Phage, Riot, Lasher, and Agony. So there may be uh, those five symbiotes, Venom, and maybe even a female Venom, because we heard rumors of that. But again, this movie's coming out later this year, and this is all we have. Uh, I, I just, I think... Uh, I just, I still can't imagine Venom without without Spider-Man involved. Well, you're, you're going to get... just so yeah. tied together. It's just so weird. I mean, next year is going to be, it's going to be kind of big for Sony Spider-Man universe, because they're doing this, and they're doing the Miles Morales animated Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Like, what if this Venom is a continuation of the Tobey Maguire Venom? Uh, what do you mean? This is a different Venom. <laughs> They're redoing all of this. This is all. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's an Eddie Brock Venom. It's, so, yeah, it you're is right. Eddie Brock as a news reporter. Yes, yeah, so you're so right. They're I don't know why over. I thought that. It just a completely brain farted. No, no. This is all. But, dude, R-rated Venom movie. Like, I'm kind of psyched for this. I'm still really confused and skeptical as to if it's even going to get made. But, I don't even know why we're talking about this right but, now. Well, because Tom Hardy, R-rated Venom. That right there is interesting. Yeah, but Tom Hardy does things that no one cares about all the time. That's like a good the point. That he's been in. That, but he's always good in those movies. He's always good. And I know he's a fan. I know well, he's got that's the what I'm saying. Just because yeah. he's Tom Hardy doesn't mean anything. I told you about star power doesn't mean anything anymore. No, no, it doesn't. All right, let's move on to some X-Men movie news. You know, with the deal with Disney uh, getting Fox, uh, which is going to take a year to actually happen. Uh, it seems like Fox uh, is just going to, they got to operate as if this is not going to happen, obviously. They can't they stop. They got to just go business as usual. However, if I worked at Fox Movies and TV, uh, come about 12 months from now, I will be very nervous about my job security. <laughs> and, and what is, yeah, is still Yeah, man, being they got to ride it out. So you're good for a year. So X-Force still moving forward, reportedly unaffected by the Disney deal. Uh, that's fine. That's great. You can put Deadpool in there. They, uh, Drew Goddard is still attached to write and direct. So, yeah, uh, initially, Fox, they're going to have to keep making shit, obviously. They can't just stop. They're not done. They don't know. It, the deal could not go through. Uh, another piece of interesting news, director Tim Miller reportedly developing a Kitty Pride solo movie. Geek Boner. For Fox. Hmm. What do you think about this? I think this could be kind of interesting on a number of levels. It's, it's very good. Now, she just phases through stuff well yes now but the character herself in the comics if you think about her whole career like she came in as the teenage girl you right. can you can make a movie where she's our point of view into the x-men world and then recently kitty pride is rose to the ranks of leader and she's got her own group and she's she's looked as a leader so there's a lot uh, a lot you could do between there also wonder woman great uh this is gonna be our first female-led x-men movie 
And if it's played by Ellen Page from Days of Future, I thought she made a good Kitty Pride. I oh. would get Ellen Page back. Oh, I'd go for someone else. Really? You didn't like the yeah. Ellen Page? I like her, but like, I don't know. Tim, I think Tim Miller directing it is is uh is gonna be pretty cool. You'll get some some cool CGI action. Uh but look, a solo female X-Men lead, like you want to replace your Wolverine? Could this could this girl be charming and relatable to replace a Wolverine? Like, I think you need like a younger like a Haley Steinfeld or something like that. Yeah, you would need to start with a teenage uh Katie Pride. Yeah. And again, like she would be our way in. You would be she'd be our point of view. I think that would that would work. Uh, that's kind of exciting. And the big thing that came out today, here's the craziest thing. Uh, release date shakeups. Lots of movies got shook around from the Hollywood reporter. In what's sure to be a treat for Deadpool fans, the highly anticipated sequel to the 2016 Ryan Reynolds smash is being pushed up two weeks from June 1st to May 18th. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. Okay, this move puts the action comedy against Sony's Slender Man, but more importantly, it has opening one week before Disney's Solo, a Star Wars movie. So think about this. In May, you're going to get Infinity War at the beginning, Deadpool 2 in the middle, and Solo at the end, all in May. That's weird. Okay, but that has shifted other things around. The New Mutants, Josh Boone's horror take on these heroes, the first of a trilogy of which we've seen a trailer with the Arya Stark. They're pushing this back 10 months. Oh, shit. Uh, the movie was supposed to come out in April of this year. It's got pushed back to February 22nd, huh. 2019. And the reason for this, I was reading, someone said they screened it and it tested well, but they really want to uh, double down on the horror and, you know, kind of uh, take on the popularity of movies like It and Get Out and 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 dub and make it a fucking scary horror movie. Mm, that might work. Which is interesting. Also, another reason they gave is they didn't want X-Men movies to overlap in, in overseas marketplaces where New Mutants and Deadpool 2 would have been in the theaters well, at the smart. same time. See, that, I think yeah. that the move to have Deadpool be followed by solo is like they're basically going to crush solo i think so i think they see it's like they've seen that solo is down he's hurt there's vulnerable and they just when he's down they swapped in for now i argue this if i was lucasfilm i would fucking move han solo you clearly need more time you're clearly still kind of scrambling move it go move it back to a december release or even a couple of months that i mean we may can, see that happen. They can move it to whatever they want, really. I mean, with this, this is like playing chess. Like, Fox did these. Now, Disney's going to have to respond. Finally, Gambit, a movie nobody wants and I, nobody even knows is being made. It's seen its release date move from February 14th, 2019 to June 7th, 2019. But not only that, the Channing Tatum vehicle just lost its director. Gore Ver- Verbinski exited the movie today. So, Good. yeah, this fucking movie's never getting made. Gambit. Good. Yeah. It doesn't need to be made. No, I don't know. It's, it's an unnecessary movie. Yeah, dude, Tanning Chatham has a hard-on for the Gambit movie. I don't I don't know. Again, like you said, star power means shit. So, yeah, who cares, no one cares that Channing Tatum wants to... Clearly nobody cares because this movie... He's old now anyway. Yeah. This movie's been pushed back and retooled and lost many directors. It's never going to be made. Sorry, X-Men Gambit fans. Maybe he shows up in the X-Force. That's your best bet. 
Uh, but we're still getting uh, Dark Phoenix at the end of next year in October. So they didn't move that. So that was a little crazy moving around to dates. That's I'm getting good. dizzy with all these shakeups. Right? Uh, last thing in movie news. Todd McFarlane is making a Spawn movie. Remember that? Have we? Do we still remember this? Uh, and you know what? I kind of like what he's doing here. He's kind of getting a chance to make a Spawn movie the way he wants to do. It's going to be low budget. It's going to be R-rated. It's going to be a horror movie. He's working with Blumhouse who brought us the get out for a low budget and made a shitload of money. Uh, and he has said that in this movie, spawn is not going to speak. Oh shit. No speaking lines. This is what I he find said. that very worrying. Here's what he said. He told AZ central, uh, his upcoming take on the character will be a bit different. Quote, spawn doesn't say a word. The entire movie McFarlane said likening the film to jaws with spawn himself in the role of the shark. It's about the sheriff and the people chasing the ghost. That's it. The lead role isn't spawn. The lead role is a cop like Sheriff Brody from jaws. Now rugs. I thought you would like this. Cause we've talked about how like some of these characters, they deserve to be like a boogeyman. Like spawn should be a boogeyman. He doesn't need to talk. He is the threat. And your main character is the cop trying to chase, uh, uh chase down spawn. Uh, I don't know. It's you can't really call it a spawn movie. If spawn's not actually doing anything. In well, the look, movie. He, he's also the budget of this movie is $10 million. That's all yeah. he has to play with. So, I think well, it's, a you, sm- it's a smart move. How much move. does it cost to talk? <laughs> I guess. But you know what? The less you talk, the maybe the less you see him, the less special effects uh, it's going to happen. All right. Whatever. McFarlane went on to insist that the film wouldn't be a superhero movie at all, but instead a supernatural thriller like a lot of good creepy movies. So, look, he's trying to do something different, and this is like Spawn from Todd. Todd's writing and directing and producing and put up his own money. Uh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> All right. When is this thing uh, coming out? I don't know. I don't think it has a release date. But uh, I, when I see a trailer, we'll judge it then. Boogeyman Spawn. I'm okay with it. Let's see what happens. Uh, and finally, in TV, I got uh, two trailers and uh, two release dates for two TV shows. The first one, Rugs, the Godzilla anime on Netflix. There was a new trailer. And not only that, we have a date. We can all... Stream this movie worldwide Wednesday, January 7th, uh, 2018. Be streamed in over 190 countries. That's uh, six days from now. That's very exciting. That's a pretty wide release. I mean, look, uh, Godzilla new movie hasn't been. I mean, there's been Godzilla movies on Netflix like a long time ago. But they were like the old old movies that not a lot of kids are going to like give it a whirl. But. This might bring a whole new audience to Godzilla. Now, I'm hoping they didn't shit the bed on this one and make it lame. Yeah. And not, like, watchable or fun to watch. So, I'm hoping that it's at least a fun ride. I mean, I like the design. Like I like the design. It looks sick. It takes place 20,000 years in the future. And in the trailer, it's just, yeah, like, humankind versus Godzilla. Is, I could give you the quick uh, synopsis. Is basically, uh, Godzilla's around. Like in modern times, and people just can't—they can't fucking kill him. And the planet's all fucked up. And I think aliens come or something and give the humans technology like that they never had before. So they're like, "Hey, let's get the fuck out of here. We can't—we can't survive in this world where these monsters are all like fucking up everything all the time. And they—they clearly want to rule the world. So the, the humans leave, and then they end up going to space, and they're like, "Fuck it, we got to go back." 
And because whatever they had planned didn't work out. So they came back, but they don't realize that in the span of them going out into space trying to find another world to live in, uh, 20,000 years have passed. I like I like the idea that twenty for 20,000 years, Godzilla has just dominated and ruled the planet. Yeah, like, he's so, king of the planet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, these motherfuckers show he's up. And bigger he's like, than ever. Yeah. He's, like, eternal. He doesn't die. He just got bigger. And and in, in, in fact, he be, he's more he's evolved to be more plant-like or whatever. And, um, so he's part of the earth. He's like the, the living embodiment of the earth. Ooh. Like, so they have to come back and this, the main character's got a huge heart on to fucking kill Godzilla. I wonder who be, we're going to, what who we're going to end up rooting for in this. Like, I don't know. I mean, hopefully they're that. De- I don't know. I think one of the things that really pisses a lot of people off is when they sit through a movie with Godzilla in it and he's never in it. Yes. I think they're going to do the same thing with this. They're going to build up this whole story of these people, and then Godzilla is probably going to be in it for like, like ten minutes. Oh, that's a waste of animation. Yeah, I know it's animation. You yes. can make have Godzilla in it through yeah, the, whole, the movie. whole time. Although, if you look at like Kong Skull Island, like that was like too much King Kong. Like they could have held back a little bit. It almost was like, wow, there's a lot of King Kong in this, which you think would be a good thing, but then it like doesn't make it a special. There's a fine balance. Yeah. No, you don't think so. Nah, I mean, like, if it's fun, if what's happening on screen is awesome, yeah. then you're good. Look, we will uh, we'll check it out. We'll let you know what we think. We may do a quick review, because uh, I know Anthony will be excited to watch something new about Godzilla, and uh, so will I. Uh, last bit of trailerly news TV release date news, uh, Sci-Fi's uh, Krypton, <laughs> the story of Superman's great-grandfather, uh, without Superman in it, uh, is coming out March 21st, and they've put out, I guess this is the first trailer. because His I've name not- is LL Cool J. LL is named not saying L. Yo, LL's gonna knock you out. Yes, the house of LL Cool J. It's up to Seg L, Cal L's grandfather, to help restore honor to his family name. Uh, so, did you see this trailer for this? I did. It's very interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of it, I like the set design and the vistas. Uh, I guess Adam Strange goes into the past to help them. But there's like a dude in, uh, he's, I guess Adam Strange is the one with the hoodie and the hat <laughs> jacket. I think the costumes are kind of uninspiring. Everyone's just wearing like black jackets. Uh, I don't know. They're trying to ground this. You see Superman's cape. He tells him in this trailer about his grandson. David S. Goyer is is writing. Uh, some of the some of the city scenes look cool. What 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 do you take away from this, Rox? Is you gonna watch this? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm interested in enough the like uh this story enough to like want to watch it. Like, what can possibly be interesting about Krypton before it blows up? Like, the only thing interesting about Krypton is that Superman. That's where he's from before he become comes to Earth and becomes Superman. Right. He's not special there or any, nobody really. It's just a bunch of humans that are not us. Ah, uh, yeah. And, and like, yeah. we know what ultimately happens to their planet. And we know what ultimately happens to them. So it's kind of like it might be cool as an Easter. Like I remember, when I, for example, uh, in order to make an analogy, uh, I loved uh, Battlestar Galactica. Right. And then they made this series called Caprica. Not as good. That that was the prequel. I I was interested in watching it just because it was about how the Cylons were made. 
Wasn't it pre like Captain Adama, like before he was yes. captain or he was young? Yes. Yeah. And it was young, it was young Adama. Young and Adama. Everything. Yeah. So um, it could be interesting in that, but yeah, you just shit all over a Caprica. You said you don't like it. <laughs> so if that, that's as- the same vibe that I'm getting from this. So here's a little more uh, shenanigans from Asgore. Listen to this. This kind of makes me cringe. And like, I think they're just going to fuck with the timeline or he's trying to just backpedal. Uh, Executive producer David Asgore said the time travel element of the show means the show isn't really beholden to the idea of DC Comics canon, suggesting the show, if it's successful, could drag out Segel's long life across multiple series. He said you could tell from that trailer that time travel is involved, and what that means is history could be changed. And what happens on this show could be very different from the backstory that people know. A lot of people know that Krypton blows up, and that's what caused Superman to come to Earth, but this is really an untold story. So, I mean, it's kind of like what they're doing with Gotham. Like, they're just going to do their own version and fuck everything else. Yeah. I have to see it. I could be wrong. I could yeah. probably be awesome, but I, I have know to wait edgy and see. it's going to be like sci-fi lately. Sci-fi shows like Happy and uh, what was the other show? There's just a lot of swearing. There's a lot of sex. Like they're relaxing the standards on on sci-fi at least to, to compete with like streaming shows because then there's just swear words all over. I, streaming I'm shows. hoping that sci-fi makes a resurgence, but I think that what they have to do is they have to be very frugal with their programming and spend the money where it counts. Like, come up with three or four flagship shows where they could spend their money. Everything else, you know, go low budget. Look, I honestly, I think they're they're starting to, to have a little bit of resurgence. So, watching Happy, like, right now, the only thing I watch on Happy, and I, and I DVR it, but the whole time, like, everything is branded with Happy. And when they go to commercial, there's a little thing on the bottom that says Happy will return, and it counts down. How much time until you get back to the show? Kind of like what Hulu does. So they're like mixing the streaming experience and with their and and it's very nice. The presentation is very nice. And then they do like I used to I used to live on that channel, right? And now I never am on that channel. I think they'll have a little resurgence. Give sci-fi a chance, people. It's not the joke everybody thinks it is. Well, (laughs) if they start see a lot of the stuff that I watch is sci-fi shows when they end up on on like Amazon or right. Hulu or, yeah. or Netflix. Then I end up watching them there. So um, it's interesting. March, uh, we'll find out. March 21st. Uh, that's it for the news. Uh, stick around. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, we're going to give you our sins and wins of 2017 right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Sports hosting show that gives you the flavor. Tom Brady thrown for over 60,000 yards, the most playoff victories, the most Super Bowls, the most Super Bowl MVPs. He is not the greatest of all time. That brings the energy. Shaq quote, the earth is flat. Close quote. The earth is round. That isn't about this or that. It ain't this or that. Charles Barkley, 1994. You stole two home games in the Western Conference semifinals against the Rockets. Your team blows it in seven. One year later, up three games to one. Two games at home. And you blow that too. Then you've come to the right place. I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guy Cole Johnson. Cole Sports on Cole Sports with a Z dot com. 
Hey listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Voice from the underground. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. And if you enjoy the show, if we have become part of your weekly routine and you've come to enjoy the show automatically coming to your podcast app because you subscribed, if you want more show, there's a place you can get that. Just join the fan club, jockanerd.com slash Patreon, where you can help us out. You're going to get access to an exclusive RSS feed with bonus content, uh, post-show, pre-show. Hey, uh, we did a little thing right now. We're, we're, we're going to beta test a uh, the rug down pre-show we did before the show. It will be on the Patreon. And what's or, that, Imran? Uh, what, the rug down? It was your yeah. idea, Rugs. It's oh. It's uh, a few minutes pre-show of us shooting the shit about stuff that doesn't really fit in the show or whatever's on our mind. Rugboy leads the discussion. It's kind of like a mini Rugboy podcast. Uh, hopefully, the Patreon people like it. We'll keep doing it if you do. If you don't, we will stop that shit immediately. Uh, but Yeah, it's only for you fuckers who pay. Right. If you sign up for the Patreon, it's a monthly charge. But if you don't want to do that... You can give us a one-time donation off our PayPal link at jockandnerd.com. Click on that PayPal button just like listener who I got to give this guy a huge shout out. Huge thanks to a talented artist and listener goes by the name of Dope Pope uh, for his $100 PayPal donation. Oh, shit. Jock and Nerd. Dude, thanks. Holy shit. I'm I love speechless. The Pope. the Pope is awesome. Listen, I'm going to put all links to his stuff in the show notes. I wrote him. Thank you. Here's what he wrote. Happy New Year to you guys. Love the show. You make my Monday morning workouts more fun. I didn't want to deal with the monthly billing crap of Patreon, so I just sent one lump sum. It's not much, but I hope it helps ease the pain of producing your show, which I thoroughly enjoy. And look, it is uh, it is great. And you are a producer. Everyone who supports us on Patreon, you can consider yourselves producers of the show. Now, Dope Pope is a dude I met this summer at G-Fest. Hanging out with Bilotti and Nick Shev. He's and a very talented uh, 3D artist. He does uh, Marvel stuff, uh, Godzilla stuff, creature design. He's a super talented I will, guy. I will link his Instagram. Check out his stuff. And He's DeviantArt. awesome. Dude, I remember I walked, when I first started talking to him, He, you, I walked up to him and he had these glossy photos. And it looked like they were really cool photos of really detailed like sculptures, right? Like I thought these were actual pieces he sculpted. They are complete 3D CG renders in ZBrush, which is an amazing 3D modeling program that a lot of 2D illustrators have jumped to. And I had so many questions and the guy was really cool. And then we hung out later and we went out to eat and uh, Bilotti was there and Nick Shev was there and Lenny was there and Michael Chukatowski from Vampire Robots was there. And it was we were just geeking out about art and uh, it was a great 
Great conversation. Next year, I think I'm going to interview the artists and do like an artist interview show from G-Fest. I should have recorded. Oh, we should have uh, Dope Pope come on. Dope Pope. I would love Dope Pope to, uh, to have him come on. Really cool guy. And I didn't know he listened. Like, we just hung out. Yeah, I think dude. I gave him the card or a sticker. If I would have known that you listened, I would have made you like pimp us out. Like, you know, tell everybody, tell all your fans to listen to us. Listen, check yes, check out uh, check out the show links for do- links to Dope Pope's artwork. Uh, amazing, uh, amazing illustrator, dude. I was watching some videos about the ZBrush because I didn't really understand it, but watching videos, it's crazy. Like you literally start with like a, a circle in the air, and then you just like push and pull it. Like, yeah, it's like clay. Yeah, it's crazy. All three D. You could spin it. You could light it. You could paint it. I would love to learn it, but like it's just so daunting because it is a whole. It's not like an Adobe program at all. You gotta learn all the tools. I'm sure you'll figure it out. You figure out everything else. But if I, dude, ZBrush, ZBrush, you just be, you just be <laughs> ZBrushing your penis. I all yeah. I do with ZBrush is 3Ds of my penis yeah. until I get it just right. Okay, yeah. before we get to the sins and wins rugs, I wanted to talk really quickly about Jumanji because I haven't seen the movie. But uh, John Bellotti posted this interesting article from Denna Geek. Uh, headline, what Jumanji teaches us about the state of blockbusters at the box office. Uh, before I get to that, let's just look. Jumanji, Rotten Tomatoes score 75%. Okay. Okay. 6.1 out of 10 average rating. 90% audience score. Not bad. People like it. And as far as the box office buddies, this is why this movie is interesting to me. It's made uh, $254 million domestically, and it's over $500 million worldwide. On a production budget of $90 million. Now, Star Wars The Last Jedi was number one three weeks in the row to finish out December. And then suddenly Jumanji comes out, takes the top spot, holds the top spot, and may even hold it for four, a fourth week. Over Star That's Wars, crazy. right? That's crazy. So I'm like, what is this? So then we start getting quickie reviews from our listeners on our social medias. Daniel Nosker from Geek Street Podcast. He said, I saw it last Wednesday and had fun. Jack Black killed it. I recommend seeing it. Jamie Robinson, who is Mr. Throwback Thursday himself from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. He says, saw it on the Amazon Prime members early viewing. Absolutely loved it. Jack Black was great and loved the nod to Robin Williams. And then Adam Morris, Dr. Adam Morris, PhD, the official science guy of the Jock and Nerd podcast. Right. Writes this. Just in response to the last episode, I went and saw Jumanji and I feel weird about it. But I had a lot of fun with that flick. Even the Jonas brother didn't upset me. Maybe my criticism is weakened after The Last Jedi. I don't know, but this movie was worth seeing in 3D entertained me. Worth my money. It's funny. It didn't bring anything groundbreaking or even different, but the role reversals were well done. The Rock is always entertaining and played The Rock, but with some insecurities. Karen Gillan plays the geeky turned hot chick and does it well. Looks good and is funny. Jack Black didn't want make me want to punch him in the face, so that's a win. Kevin Hart is pretty much his usual character, but it works without being fucking irritating, which his shtick can get. It was as entertaining as family-friendly entertainment can get. Now, well, mm. I think that the deal is with this is that you know what you're getting into. You know it's a comedy. You see it in the trailer. It's not to be taken seriously. So if you're going to go to this movie, you, you're going to get what you pay for. You're not like going in there expecting for it to be fucking gangbusters. You're, right. You're going to be pleasantly surprised if it does have more than what the trailer says. And that's that's cool. I got to understand people liking it. 
and it's kind of free. It's like it, it it's like uh, nerd free. It's like uh, Twitter free. It's hashtag free. It's all of this. It's free of all the bullshit and the baggage that comes with these movies that have a built-in fan base. It's everything you want in like a holiday movie. Well, it's just it's just maybe it's a nice little break from from the drama. Uh, so this article makes some good points. Is like, what is the lesson to be learned here between uh, the difference between the Jumanjis and the mummies of the future? Is that Jumanji very cleverly takes the nostalgia factor, takes the name, but doesn't try to reboot it, force itself into what came before. Just does like, a, and again, the shtick is not new. This role reversal thing is not a new thing. It's just everybody does it really well. And I, the little, I, I don't know what the nod to Robin Williams is, but I like that. But there's no, they're not trying to force a whole shared universe, unlike right. the Mummy, which the whole movie is a setup for uh, a bunch of other movies that are never going to happen, and it that's does not make a movie. Right. But I can also see myself watching this movie and fucking hating it too. <laughs> so I might not. I'm, I'm being a little. I'm being a little forgiving because I haven't seen this and I don't really give a shit about this movie at all. Yeah. And if people like it, that's cool. It's like I don't have. A, I don't really have an axe to grind against it because it's like an intellectual property that I don't give a fuck about. So if it if people respond to it, that's cool. I'm like, it, it is The Rock. He's it's an action movie. I don't know what he's doing. I guess he's Jumanjiing. I don't know. It's a video game. I don't know. So <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. He's smoking weed. I don't know what he's doing. He's being the rock. But here's a, a movie. I that... always think of weed when I hear Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanji. Is that a type of weed strain? Yeah. He's like, oh. I got some Jumanji. Oh, let me get the Jumanji green. Let me get the Jumanji black strain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is, uh, it. you know, this article says it's not a great movie or, or, or a comedy classic, but this money that it's making, the fact that audiences like it is bucking the trend that you need to be a, a shared universe or have a big superhero or have a big tentpole. Uh, this is a simple, all ages, straightforward, uh, you know, uh, fun movie. So right. I just thought that was it. I thought that's, that's very interesting. The Jumanji's killing it. All right. Okay, let's move on to Sins and Wins of 2017, Rugs. Uh, this was uh, your idea. I like the idea. What I we're thinking there's seven sins, and they got to be seven wins. Seven deadly sins, seven deadly wins. We will start with the wins. We are going to give you seven wins. Uh, so Rugs made a list. I made a list. We kind of combine them. This is our consolidated list. We'll go back and forth. So uh, win number one for me, Rugs. I'll start with... I thought the uh, diversity in terms of brown content this year was amazing. Uh, specifically, look, we had Aziz and Sorry doing Masters of None, something right. that I connected with uh, a lot. And then Kumail Nanjiani, The Big Sick. Right. Literally a movie about my you, life. You Be forgot about The Night Of. There was The Night Of with Riz Ahmed. Hassan Minhaj actually had the stand-up special called Homecoming. Fucking hilarious. And all of these things, I see, you know, stuff that I grew up with in, in, in my Pakistani upbringing, in my Pakistani household, and growing up with, you know, uh, with Eastern culture and Western culture, trying to make it work. I'm starting to see this on the big screen and mainstream media. It's very exciting to me. Well, normally I'd take you to task for this. and I and, know and be you like, would. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Okay, I got two ways of thinking about it. Uh, number one, I do... Even though sometimes I think that people just backing stuff because 
of whatever ethnic reason or they have an ethnic whatever a connection to it is is, is, is I don't know really, I think that's weird but like um you know because I don't go seek out Romanian movies or whatever <laughs> right. or puppet movies or puppet felt well yes, you know yeah. you got but the, like, the Muppet Caper all those but, movies um, are great I, and I I hate those movies <laughs> but um but these movies and these shows are really good. It's and so not deserve, pandering propaganda. Yeah, no, it's, it's quality not. content. But I do, I, I do like that you support it. Even if it was shitty, you'd probably support it still. Probably because it's nice to see people that look like you. Support you support when Spider Man sucks. Yeah, like you still Sp- support it, even though like you know it sucks. And you're like, okay, I'm still. Gonna, I love Spider Man. The difference so, with this year, Aziz Ansari just won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy Series for Masters of None. Oh shit! Holy well, shit! I, I thoroughly enjoyed both of these entries as well as uh, the the night of. Yes, I think those these three. That uh, was twenty sixteen though. Was that twenty seventeen? Was it? I don't was know. it? I feel like it was twenty sixteen. I don't know. Uh, may, maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it was twenty sixteen. Um, Master of None and because I feel like I watched Masters of None and and the night of at the same time, but maybe I was late to night of. Anyway, yeah. Master of None season two was fucking amazing. I love it. And uh, the Big Sick was a great movie, and I really enjoyed that too. And I thought it was very high quality and well well written, and very funny and touching. So um, these two things deserve to be wins, and, obviously. Yeah, and just for me, man, there's a lot of great Pakistani comics out there now. They're getting bigger, and uh, I I applaud it. And part of me is also bitter and jealous because I'm like, I've I've had those fucking thoughts for years. I should have done something with it. This is my shtick. Like the big sick is the story of me and my wife meeting each other. Like almost minus the coma and the Uber driving and the stand-up comedy. Everything else is the same. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not completely similar. Uh number two win, Rugs. Why don't you take this one? Okay, so basically, this was the year of comic buyouts. Yep. So um the there's these uh Netflix bought Miller World. Huge. All right, which is like a whole stable of characters created like uh, the kick-ass universe obviously you know uh wanted all of those things that are written by mark millar or mark miller i don't know how you say i don't know how you say his name kingsman all that shit yeah all that so so netflix has access to a shitload of cool like edgy and that's great for netflix because netflix is edgy and uh they can do their netflix shit with these with these uh stuff a lot of people don't know about but is awesome if they do it right yeah and speaking of shit that no one knows about yeah uh, uh, Valiant got yes. bought up yep. by Sony. This is huge too. And uh, Valiant, something that I love because it was one of those companies that. Um, all right, so Marvel, DC have been a, have all this like history and and continuity problems and this and that. And Valiant, unlike Image, which was all these different studios doing their different things, Valiant was like a whole new comic book company that wanted to create a very tight continuity rules that, that went across all books. Uh, everything was kind of um, interwoven between the books, and there was a really cool, cohesive thing to this universe. They were working that with was, old characters that were like, yeah, o- open, they took, the copyrights had expired on a lot of them. and they were, yeah, yeah, they took a bunch of old things and made it new, and then yeah. they added a bunch of new things to that universe. And they managed to make up basically a whole new universe with all of these characters. So now Sony has uh, Bloodshot, and he's and Vin Diesel's in early talks to be in that. That's awesome. I think he would make a really great Bloodshot. Can you imagine like an R-rated Bloodshot with I mean, Vin it Diesel? Really ma- I, I yeah. I mean, I think maybe his name would help sell some tickets, but yeah. 
No one knows who Bloodshot is. Well, it's a, he's a shit. Once people see that he's like a fucking Punisher meets Terminator, sick character. Yeah. Uh, you're going to love it. But for Valiant, for Sony, this is huge because they need a stable franchise. Now, this Venom movie, the Spider-Man thing, they're trying to start another, their own Spider-Man franchise. This is uh, lots of great IP they can build a, a universe on. There is that Ninjak versus the universe web series. I don't know how that will be. No, tied that in. got tanked, man. Cause oh, like did. I saw like a, they had a preview up. I listen, bat in the sun, contact me. They, or, they made that. Cause yeah. if I'm wrong, but I saw a trailer for that. That said that was going to come out and it never came out. Wasn't the green Ranger playing Ninjak? Yeah. Jason I, Frank? I, it was like a year and a half ago. I thought they said I it saw, was coming out. Maybe I saw a trailer, but not the whole thing. It was thing. just a trailer. Mm. It was just like a trailer or a sizzle reel. And then nothing ever happened. You never heard, you never hear a peep about it. But I mean, uh, you know, the point is this is great for, for comic book creators. Cause that, that passion that studios have to buy, you could, you could come up with a comic book and it could still get, if it's good, it could still get the attention of studios. It could still get bought. It could get made. Well, I think that Sony needed to, since they're losing their Marvel stuff, they need to, they needed something. And you can't really buy the image universe. You have to take that piecemeal. Right. Because it's creator owned and that's yeah. just a headache. So the only way you can get a whole kit and caboodle yeah. is to buy an, another universe. And so the only other cohesive universe that they have out there besides Miller World, which is not really cohesive. It's kind of, I mean, they kind of exist in the same world, but they're not interwoven like right. Valiant is. Right. So if they want to do like a Marvel and have all these interwoven properties and stuff, Valiant's the only way to go. Man, right I mean, you know, Exo Manowar is like your Iron Man. You got Archer and Armstrong. You got uh, Harbinger. Eternal Warrior. Eternal Shadow Warrior. Man. Shadow Man. There's great characters that they could do. Uh, that's very exciting. Sony needs something. So let's hope they don't fuck it up, which they probably will. Uh, but yeah, Vin Diesel and Early Talks to join Bloodshot at Sony. This could be cool. Like I would be super excited if this gets people into the Valiant universe. And then again, we should do the Valiant, the story of Valiant comics itself like they went bankrupt and then years later this indian kid buys them and brings them back to life and now they're they're kicking they're going strong. brown people yes more brown uh, content like brown <laughs> people except for ajit pai the one brown asshole fucking things up with net neutrality uh brown people are doing good things in the world yes ajit pai you're a dick uh the next win i got number three last year streaming tv streaming media Huge win, huge growth. It is a space that's going to grow even more this yeah. year. It's like um, this is just the beginning. TV can't keep up with it, and Network I can't keep TV. up with it either. There's so many good things to watch. Yeah, I mean, you have some really fucking great stuff. We have seen shit that would never have been on network TV. Amazingly risky, creative stuff. Uh, let's call out a couple of our favorite things. I'm going to start with see at the very end of the year, season four of the best science fiction show on television people oh shit black mirror dropped and it's fucking amazing i want to in uh review every episode uh of black mirror because it is so smart and clever and it just leads to so many conversation like i have conversations with myself watching the show it's that deep dude i uh enjoyed i didn't watch it all yet because I think one of our listeners is talking about Black Mirror and saying they have to process it after they watch it. it yeah, you really, you, you know what? You can binge it, but that's the thing is you yeah. watch an episode and you just want to talk to somebody about it. And they're it. very rich with ideas and yes. stuff. So yes. like, 
you want to like take a, a a day or two to like kind of just before you go to get into this whole other one. It's like it's kind of heavy. So so if people uh, have not checked out the Black Mirror, it is an anthology series similar to Twilight Zone. And it's my favorite kind of science fiction. Every episode takes place in the near future, in a near dystopian future. And basically, it's all about that uh, technology, artificial intelligence, robots, stuff that is meant to free us and help us is going to end up fucking us. It's and cautionary tale. Cautionary, and occasionally there's hopeful stories. But most of the time is we are going to become slaves to this tech and the tech is going to fuck us. But a lot of these things, every episode, you're like, I could see that happening. I could totally yeah. see that happening. Well, some of it's already happening. Some of it is all they've called shit. Uh, so uh, I want to know from the listener, like, if you would you want Black Mirror reviews? Because I, I really I want Anthony to watch it. I want to review every episode either on the show here or on the Patreon. It'll eat up most of the year if we do one episode at a time. There's only 20 episodes. And they're all amazing little mini movies. It's the fucking best shit ever. It's cool shit. Uh, uh, what, what, uh, name me another one from streaming TV that you like this oh, year. Oh, I loved Glow. Glow was great. I, I, I watched it on a lark. I was just like, uh, fuck, we put this down. This looks funny. And I was just fucking sucked in and I enjoyed it. And it was like, like little candy. And like Mark Marin was great in it. And everybody that was in this, in the show was just fun to watch. Yeah. And it was something I hadn't seen before. It was like a period piece, but like it was funny, and there was some historical like nostalgia there uh, from when I was growing up, and there was some weird shit like wrestling on TV, like people watch that shit. Um, so I really enjoyed that, and I can't wait for that to come back on. Um, what else is on streaming? Star uh, Trek Discovery, everyone's raving about. I still have only watched the first two episodes. Oh, I, I. Star Trek Discovery is kind of like a very divisive. I mean, some people love it, some people hate it. I like it because I've already seen the Star Trek that everybody's talking about. And I'm like, okay, Picard, I love that shit. I love the Kirk stuff. I'm like, now I'm ready for this. It's basically the same idea. It's like they're going through the galaxy. They're at war in this one. So I think that one is the fact that they're at war and that it's supposed to proceed. Um, the old series, which is the Kirk series, right? Supposed to, this is supposed to happen before, and they, it's more technologically advanced, and it just doesn't make sense in the timeline. But yeah, but it doesn't don't think about that. Just so enjoy like, it for I mean, what if is. you're gonna be a stickler about yeah. it, which I am a stickler about a lot of things, I could understand that you fucking hate it. But just like how people like Spider Man Homecoming that don't give a shit about Spider Man, I really. I, even though I give a shit about Star Trek, I don't give a shit to the degree that right. the people who hate it. So you can it. enjoy it. So I can enjoy it, but I understand that it's probably fucking shitty. Plus, it's got um, F-bombs and alien boobies. Yeah, alien boobs, and they say the F-bomb. That's good. So, I mean, I, I'm going to stick with it. I'm sticking with it, because it's, right. it's fun to watch, and, uh, I mean, the mechanics of the show are good. So yeah. uh, it's worth a lot. The, the budget's good. The camera works good. The, the the episodes are entertaining. So I'm sticking with it. Um, another big series that I really like is The Toys That Made Us. Yes. And I can't wait for them to hit all the fucking... This is nostalgia porn right now. Oh, my God. But it's and really it's well in, done. And it's interesting. And the stories... Basically, these are the stories about toys. So, like, you want to know about how G.I. Joe came to be and what all that, all the mechanics that went on behind the scenes? Well, you watch this. It'll tell you everything. They interview the fucking guy who drew the art on the box, and I'm like, that is awesome. Yeah. They fucking yeah. interviewed the guy who did the art on the box, and I remember looking at that art and going, oh, that fucking shit is cool. You learn about snake eyes. You learn about how, like, fucking the reason why he's black 
and with no other colors is because they wanted to save money on paint. Yeah, he was just like a sample test model, and then and everyone turned out that's the coolest, so, most collectible character. Like the story about He Man and how they fucking thought of this idea. It's, you gotta watch. It's, it. great. it's great. This is on Netflix. It's an eight part series. Four episodes are out. The first episode is about Star Wars and Kenner. Second episode is the history of Barbie, which is actually it's really interesting. The third episode is about He Man, and the fourth episode is about G.I. Joe. The He Man episode is so good because they literally were like we just cut up other action figures and then just threw shit on top and carved it out and made this shit up as we were going and the, the it's so great they go into one place and they're like oh this he-man what that's all you got what do you got and the guy's like oh we're gonna do a comic book never intending to do a comic book yeah and then, they go, then they go to another vendor and they're like you got a comic book. This is for five-year-olds. They don't read. He's like, oh, I didn't tell you. We're also doing a cartoon. And he just fucking pulled it out of his ass. And then they're like, all right, we got to do a cartoon. We make it. And then we can make <laughs> a cartoon. And the rest is history. Toys That Made Us, fucking great show. Uh, other honorable mentions, Future Man on Hulu. Love it. You have to watch it. This is I got to get into that. R-rated adult comedy uh, Last Starfighter meets Back to the Future meets Terminator, an R-rated raunchy comedy, fucking hilarious. I also finally finished American Vandal, which is that uh, true crime parody of Did like you mention the Tick, and the Tick was a surprise, surprisingly good. That's tick better show. than it that should have been. I thought it was going to be a complete dog shit show. Yeah, on Amazon, and I actually ended up like gr- warming up to it. Really, uh, by the, the third episode, I was like, oh, this is not so bad." They split up the season two, six episodes out. They, I think the next six are coming out this month or next month. Uh, a lot better than it should. I agree, Rugs. I was surprised. And the reason is, like, Arthur is the focus of the main character. The Tick's kind of yeah. a side character. It works a lot better. Um, also, I got to mention Manhunt Unabomber on Netflix because I binged my way through that. This is the story, uh, scripted series about Ted Kaczynski, obviously Unabomber, but Paul Bettany plays Ted Kaczynski, and he's really good. Like, you wouldn't think Paul Bettany would play would pull that off. He's fucking great. And and here's what's funny about this. This relates to Black Mirror. Here's how. Black Mirror, like I said, is a cautionary tales about technology uh fucking us in the ass. Right. In the Manhunt the Unabomber, they go over the uh his manifesto. The Ted Kaczynski's manifesto, very similar to the thieves in Black Mirror. He's like, he was a little more extreme. He's like, all this tech and industry that was supposed to free us is making us slaves. His solution was we need to burn it all down, go back, live in the woods. Now, extreme solution. But on the surface, like both ideas, I found, I was like, huh, this is very similar. This is what's very similar to what Black Mirror said. Man, you are very good. Okay. Net? I have one more that I want to okay. throw in there. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, and that is Halt and Catch Fire. Ah. Now, this is a show that's been on for like four years, but I never fucking knew about it. Now it's on streaming. And now it's on Netflix, and I fucking binged it. And holy shit, is it a great character story. It's feminist in a lot of ways because the main characters, uh, it started out with men, but it ends up really being the woman's show by the end. What's it about? It's basically, um, it's a show about the computer age. And it's basically like a fake Steve Jobs and a and a fake Steve Wozniak, like building a computer in their garage. So and it takes trying, place in the eighties. Yes, okay. and trying to basically outdo IBM. Wow! And uh, it's a and 
it goes into like the internet and like the creation of the internet and what you know, bulletin boards before the internet and all that stuff. So it's got some historical uh, and nostalgia to it. But I think what really kills it is that by the time you get to the third season, you know these characters so well. And this every move that they make, everything that they do, like it, it, it starts to it, it like pulls at you. You're invested. You're like, oh my god! It's like, remember when you used to watch Lost, and you're like, well, Jack yeah. said this, and yeah. you're like, what does that mean? Yeah, every little and, thing was meant yes. something. So it, it's kind of like it wraps you up in this, uh, this like these characters. Is, is just, it over? It's over. It's done. It's just four and, seasons. Uh, yeah, nice. and um, it, it, you know, it ends and it leaves you wanting so much more. Uh, and I thought it was really good. <laughs> Wow, that's cool. That actually reminds me of another show that I really loved to end this year, and it was Orphan Black with five seasons. Uh, so if you uh, you should check out Orphan Black. Yeah, not, I watched, I fucking... the, I watched a, a little bit of the first season, and I liked it. But yeah. you know what happened with Orphan Black was that it made me so paranoid <laughs> that I couldn't enjoy it. Like It was like, I'm like, what is she doing? She's going to yeah. get caught. Yeah. She's going to get caught here. Yeah. Oh, she fucking got out of it. Oh, my God. Like yeah. So like I was, the whole time, I'm just doing that, and I'm like, I can't do this for like, every, for Dude, like four seasons. Tatiana Maslany is an amazing actress. I think she deserves way more credit because when she plays the four different versions of herself, you forget it's the same fucking actress. Right. She's so good. So check out the black She's movie. great. She's great. Uh, win number four is... Uh, the the Crisis on Earth X crossover from the CW Arrowverse shows and kind of the Arrowverse in general. I've I've caught up. I haven't watched any Supergirl yet. I'm caught up on the others. But this Crisis on Earth X crossover was so much better than the one the year before. I, I, yeah, it's better. But for me, like, I, it's a win because it's better and it's an improvement. Yeah, and it's starting to be more cohesive in the way they're doing things. Um, I still. Uh, I, I sometimes when I'm see I see Green Arrow beating somebody with a fucking <laughs> the fucking bow. Yeah. I'm like, why is he doing there's this? Still there, moments just, of that. Yeah, there's there's things that like I still can't get they behind. Were, they were fighting Nazis and not like aliens with his yeah, bow. Yeah, which was know? cool because yeah. like there's uh white white canary is like straight up murking people with a machine gun oh, and you're like shit, okay. Dude. Yeah, I'm like, it's okay, it's Nazis. He's like just mowing people down. <laughs> yeah, who can't get behind Nazis? Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, the reason I love this is the whole thing is framed around Barry and Iris's wedding. And at the end of it, Barry and Iris, there's a double wedding. Uh, Felicity and Oliver and Barry and Iris all get married at once. It's a great moment. And Professor Stein fucking dies. Uh, yeah, that I didn't like. Professor Stein dies, and later on, uh, Jax has left the show. So Firestorm is done, uh, which is weird, but they got the ISIS girl came in, who's the hacker. Uh, but, you know, this time, there was stakes involved. There were definite changes to the show. It wasn't. It didn't feel filler like last year, where nothing, it affected nothing in the show. This was very well integrated to the season. So I appreciated that. Where did the Ray come from? The Ray, oh, and the Ray showed up, who is the gay superhero. He is actually a, a, a DC superhero. He They premiered him on CW Seed as an animated series. No, first. but I mean, like, is he in, is he now in the Legends? I think he may be in the Legends Because now. he kind of popped up and there was no, like, uh, I, as I said, I wasn't watching the Arrowverse. Yeah. I just watched The Crisis. Yeah, the, uh, the Ray pops up there. In, in that crossover, I think. Okay. And and then, uh, fucking Legends of Tomorrow, it ends with the season break before it comes back. John Constantine shows up on the wave rider. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, shit. And it's uh, the guy. I forgot what the guy's name is. 
Matt, whatever. Uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt yeah. Ryan, John Constantine uh, shows up uh, at, at the Legends midseason finale. So I don't know how long he's going to be on the show, but I, it was I was really excited to see him back. They've been pretty fun. Like the Flash, the, for once, finally is not fighting fucking speedsters. It's fighting that guy in the chair who created all these other metas. So we got Ralph Dibney. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was cool. Uh, as far as the the it's coalescing and it, and it feels like it makes sense together. Yeah, like the other ones seem so much more forced. Yes, and, and Supergirl was like, like had nothing. Better. To, yeah, at least Supergirl was integrated better. Yeah, uh, that other one, Supergirl, had nothing to do with. Uh, okay, number five, Wayne Rugs. This is yours. I don't know what this means. Yeah, have you ever seen this movie on Netflix? Oh, this is the name of a movie. Yes, oh, I don't yeah. feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, I just thought and, you were making a statement about how you felt in in in, n- in life. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that's how I feel sometimes. This could have easily been part of the streaming uh, uh, TV, but this, this is a movie. It's okay. not just a TV show. Um, now, I like Bright. It was okay. Yeah, I it was mean, right. it was it was like not the best thing I've ever seen. But I'm like, okay, it's a Netflix movie. Uh, it was uh, enjoyable for what it was. But like, you know, I'm not really like over the moon about it, but this movie actually made me chuckle and it was highly watchable. Hmm. And I'd never, it's one of those movies that I didn't want to put on because I don't like the, I wasn't really fond of the actress that was the main character. It's like, I don't feel like I want to watch her for the whole movie. Melanie Linsky. Yes. But then Elijah Wood is in this. Oh, and he's like a weirdo. And it's about these two people who become friends and uh, like take on these assholes and it just spirals out of control. Ooh, kind of like so a Coen like Brothers the, kind of thing. Yeah, it's like this girl who hates people, like, and just has a shitty life. And then Elijah Woods' dog shits on her property, and <laughs> she like yells at him, and he just becomes her her friend, uh, you know, because like he walks his dog in front of her house, and they start talking and stuff. And then they go on. I think someone breaks in her house, and she's trying to figure out who did it and make them pay. And Elijah Wood's like, I'll help you. And then it just spirals out of control. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and it just becomes like a, it was like, it made me feel like a, not like a Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But of a Pulp Fiction era type movie. Okay, I see. Like, cool. I'm going to have to check this out. Where it's kind of like, like, uh, it, it's kind of like uh, absurd, but it, but it's weird. It's like, you know, thing, things to Den- do in Denver when you're dead. Okay, one of those, yeah. yeah. Cohen Brothers movies. Okay. Like, all of that stuff that's in that, like, 90s era of movies where, like, they started making really creative shit. I see. So it's a kind of a feeling back to the director, auteur. Yeah. Cool shit. Well, look, if we're just recommending Netflix movies from last year, Okja, very good movie. They didn't see it. I would recommend the Okja. It was weird, quirky, charming, uh, and uh, very good. Well, Bilotti said I was going to cry if I watched it. So I was like, I'm not watching a movie I'm going to cry. Uh, I don't think you'll cry. I mean, there is like animal cruelty, but it's like a made up animal that they're uh, torturing. So uh, it's not like a real animal. I made up this. It's Okja. It's like a weird, big hippo hippo thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and I I was kind of disappointed because when I heard about this movie, I thought it was going to be a kaiju. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I, like the way that they were talking about yeah. it is this beast and it's a kaiju and it's not no, it's a it's genetically a, a modified fantastic be- animal yeah, and then it's just for a people cow. to eat yes yeah, it's just like a uh, yeah super cow the super cow exactly so i was like hey but you know i might watch it's it very day. good like, i've before, heard nothing but great yeah, things performances about it. are great all right win number six on our list is this uh, this is also on the sin list so it's a split Marvel TV in 2017. I have it on the wins. It is also in the sins. It is on the win list for the following reasons. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5, a show that we didn't know was coming back after Season 4, gets picked up, moved to Friday. Uh, surprisingly fun return. They just didn't give a fuck. Made a whole new show. Uh, they, uh, a time jump of like 90 years. It's like a space sci-fi show. I was completely checked out of this show this season. You really? I'm right, looking, let, I look just forward listen, to it now. Listen to what I'm saying. Okay. So the first few episodes... I was like, this is bullshit. This show's it's done. There's no way. <laughs> and then you get to the episode with Fitz, mm-hmm. and it got me back in. Yep. Fitz fucking makes this show. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, that whole thing had so much weight to it because he is a man who loves his his, his woman. He will travel through space and time to be with yes. her. Yes. And you feel and it. I can get behind that. Yeah. I even love I, I love a that. lot of the storytelling. They've been doing this season where they've shown you the incident at the diner from different points of view. You see what Fitz has done while they're in space and how he gets to them. And then he's like a badass. He's playing this badass bounty hunter. Like, it's a lot of yeah. fun. It's good shit, dude. I don't know where it's going, which is why I'm like every week I'm really looking forward to this. Because I was like, I have no idea where this fucking thing is going. What what yeah. What's going on? So to me, that's good. Uh they had the gifted this year on Fox, which was it's not a bad X Men show. It's got potential. It's not horrible. I, never watched, I watched like one episode. Uh, I, I've I've seen. I think I've caught up to uh, all the episodes. Not bad. A lot of this show. A lot of X Men name drops. A lot of mutant drops. Right. The girl that plays Polaris, like Magneto, is her father. She. They've already said that. From from what I saw of this, I actually thought it was well done, and uh, I felt it was. better done than a lot of superhero shows or comic book based shows um i felt it was high quality and it was it it was taken seriously and uh it wasn't campy or anything oh it's not bad a brian uh brian singer feel of his x-men from the beginning uh now another show x-men show they gave us that's way better was legion from last year Unbelievable. It's coming back with another 10 episodes, I think. Uh, Legion was great. This one was removed from the X universe, but Noah, Noah Hawley, the guy who does Fargo uh, with the girl from Fargo and Dan Stevens, uh, fucking love Legion. Great job. Yeah, well, the guy who does Fargo is a great director, and uh, it was a, this was a great series, um, very fucked up, very kind of like... Uh, paranoia inducing in a lot of ways but it was very well done and it's all it's almost like i could say almost a work of art it is trippy beautiful so then when it comes back the next season rugs there's going to be a time jump which i think is is good it will help because wasn't it like was it in the 70s 80s yeah so they're gonna i don't know how much the time jump's gonna be but it should be interesting remember he was in the little ball at the end and then the ball flew away Oh, like, what the fuck happened? He's in the ball. Uh, another Marvel show uh, that I just finished the whole season on Hulu. 
uh, Runaways. Brian K. Vaughn's book. Brian K. Vaughn writing. How was that? It's actually pretty good. It reminds me of Arrow when Arrow is good because the setting is Los Angeles and it's about a bunch of rich kids with rich parents, but it actually is part of the story. Uh, this show, it's crazy. It's got a dinosaur, just like the comic book. It's got a dinosaur. There's a little bit of a time travel element. Some of the kids have powers. Some of them are building tech. Uh, but the characters are great. At first, you look at these six people, you're like, why the fuck would these people hang out together? But they do a really good job. They flesh out the parents really well. And you're kind of torn. You don't know his side to be on if the parents are dicks. Uh, and the whole season leads up to them, like, finally running away at the end of the season. But I really I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really really well done. Well, I haven't seen it yet. But uh, if you think it's good, I'll check it out I think it's only eight, eight episodes. And it was an interesting model. Hulu put out the first three episodes uh, all at once. And then it was every Tuesday. It's it one of these out. things where I see these huge ensemble casts yeah. and all of these things. And I'm like, I already read the comic. I don't need to watch a show. I think this, it's almost... It's a little bit more fleshed out than the comic book because huh. in the comic book, you didn't really know anything about their parents, did you? Not, not a whole lot, but yeah, you did get some, but not, not, not a whole this lot. This one has elements of like Arrow and the Defenders. Like there's a big hole in the ground. There's a secret. There's like, they're mining for something. There's uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of betrayal and uh, it's, I really, I really enjoyed it. And uh, it's, it's been picked up for another season. Okay. Uh, and uh, so I'm interested to see where it goes. I, I would check it out. Actually, the uh, the cast is great. The chemistry Does is great. Does it feel like an ABC, like uh, a little, lighthearted? It feels like no it's it, it feels more like cw drama like it, okay. it reminded me a lot of arrow like good arrow early okay. arrow okay so uh, and then finally uh they did give us the punisher in november yeah which was very good it was good one of, one of the best ones they've put out so far yeah uh, so that's why number six marvel tv is on wins number the last win for the year rugs this one's yours it's another thing i don't know what this is oh well I want to throw a video game on here, okay. and there's fucking a million gigantic games that came out this year, but I always like when there's a single-player game that just fucking takes over your life for, like, a few days, and that was Inside the game. Um, it's called Inside. The game is called Inside. Yes, okay. and basically what it is is you start out as a kid in a field somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's very, very like super graphically designed. It's like there's not, it's not like super 3D, and people just start chasing you, and there, there's no, you don't know what you can do. You have no idea what the controls are, nothing, Whoa. and you just start pushing that controller, and you start running away from these dogs that are chasing you, and then all of a sudden you just keep going. You know, you don't know what to do. The people are chasing you. you just don't want to do is you just keep running. You gotta go. And then uh, the more that you run, the story unfolds. And it doesn't unfold in any way where there's any kind of exposition. Just the environment around you, some of the sounds that you see, and there's nobody telling you how to do shit. you got to figure it all out on your own. And basically, it's like a dystopian future where um, they figured out mind control. And the ending of this thing... It's like a Black Mirror episode. Yes, and the ending of this thing is you make your way to this kind of like, uh, I don't know, like the hub where everything is, and there's the, and you find yourself in this. There's this room where they're 
keeping something hidden, like a, like almost like in Akira, where they have, you know, Akira's remains in this like fucking little freezer somewhere. Yeah, it's kind of like not like that, but not like that, but it's reminiscent. Uh, and there is an Akira moment, and it's so they, just does the game insane. change every time you play it? Like depending on what you do, is it a different game? No, it's the same game. It's one. It's a very focused design game made to for you to have a, a particular experience. Okay. All right, and you're and it, to me, this was as good as any movie I've seen. Wow. This is as good as any book I've read. Wow. This was this experience was something that I just couldn't shake. I mean, I did this game about months ago. What's it on? I still all, think all the about consoles. It. Uh, I think you could just download it anywhere. I think you play it on a computer, on Steam, anything anywhere. It's a very cheap game. It's it's like a it's very, but I want to give these guys iOS a shout out too now. Okay, yeah, because if you ever play the game Limbo, okay, so Play Dead is the name of the company that uh, yes, makes this. Li- Limbo is was their first game, and that was a great game. Okay, but this is just the experience of playing this game for me was just. Like like experiencing a, a film. Ooh, I might buy. I might play this on my phone. It's uh, on iOS you, devices, and it will be on the Nintendo Switch uh, at an unannounced date. Yeah, and I can't wait for to see what this company does next. Play, play Dead is great. Dead. All right, I'm checking out inside the game. I do have one honorable mention in wins, and that is Game of Thrones. Not just season seven, but the fact that Anthony and I got to binge and catch up on all seven seasons of Game of Thrones this year, and. Wow, that was a lot of fun, and I love the listeners coming along with us, uh, reviewing each season, uh, episode every couple episodes. Uh, amazing! I, you know, I, I don't know why I waited as long as I did, but I'm glad I did because I got to watch it all without any interruption. And fuck, I'm all in, and now we just have a year to wait, a year plus for the resolution final season. It's a great fucking series. I love the Thrones now. And not only that, I get all the Game of Thrones jokes. Oh, shit. I get that reference. Ha ha. Okay, let's get to the sins. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Okay, geek sin number one of 2017. Rugs, why don't you uh, bust it out? Okay, we had Marvel TV on our wins, but Marvel TV's also shitty sometimes. Yes, absolutely. And the number one culprit of that is the Inhumans. I mean, we had the Inhumans, you had Iron Fist, and even the Defenders, to some degree, should have been way more epic, and it just kind of fell flat. So, man, Marvel TV, you gave us good shit, but then you gave us really bad shit. The worst shit ever. Yeah, just in in a world where you can do such a... I mean, these are Marvel-made things. I think that's the most egregious thing, because, like, uh, Legion, and they were made by Fox. Right, right. So they're doing a better job at it. (laughs) I mean, they did Punisher, which was pretty good in comparison to this uh, this stuff. Yeah. So um, it's just weird that Marvel can kind of drop the ball on like defenders i mean dc like iron fist okay <laughs> they fucked up iron fist but defenders like people have been waiting forever for this like all of this stuff to coalesce into a cool and it was dog shit as way uh not as epic as yeah it's pretty disappointing when you think about what actually happened and there's a hole in the ground with dragon bones and blah, 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 blah. The hand really this is what you're gonna give us uh it's uh you know dc has always been killing it with their shows and, and i think they continue to 
this year, except for we're going to add an addendum to this sin, and it's the show Powerless. Which uh, is a DC show. Which is their attempt at a sitcom, their version of Damage Control. I did not laugh once. And yeah, I watched well, every episode. Oh, shit. Yeah, Gotham and Powerless are both shitty DC shows, but like Powerless is just unnecessary and a complete You know what? We time. had Gotham on here, but I took it off because at least it's entertaining and it's consistent with itself. And you know what you're getting is some yeah, over you know the top bullshit. Dog shit. Yes, but it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Because you're like, what the fuck is going to happen now? It's what like, the fuck, Gotham? Like, this is the thing with Gotham. It's like, it's dog shit, but it's like well-made dog it shit. Really it's like is. someone like put, went through the effort to try and like shoot it like with, with, in cool lighting <laughs> yeah. and like they have like, like cool sets and they're just fucking always smoke billowing all over the Dude, place. The actors are, they're, 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 they're not phoning it in. They're very good. Aside from fucking Ben McKenzie, you're still just always stiff. Like the guy playing yeah. uh, Riddler and Penguin and even David Mazuz, he's not my favorite, but... Uh, there's some interesting performances. Yeah, I hate that he's the Batman, but like, whatever. Ugh, he's dumb. Well, now they left it at where he's like in his drunk plate. Like he's 16 years old and he's got all, and he's drinking and like going to clubs. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's I'm weird. glad I haven't watched any <laughs> it's not, You can catch up with it later. Number two, Rugs. Uh, you had this in your list, and I agree. I put it in here. It is the Disney effect. Do you care, yeah. care to elaborate? It's, we're starting to feel it. Yes, yes, we I are. I think it's palpable. You I saw think it that, in Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. You saw it yeah. in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Uh, it's it's there. It's The Disney effect is like a wide thing. Like, it's a wide, broad thing. It's like not – you can't just pinpoint it to oh, one yeah. no, particular yeah. aesthetic. It's basically like, number one, Disney doesn't give a fuck about Marvel. Right. Right? They're like, Marvel's just – we a, bought the IP. It's ours. Now we're going to do what we need to do with it. Yeah. It's a drop in the bucket based on what they have. Yeah. yeah. So the comic books, those things are like an afterthought. They're like – they're letting Marvel do whatever it wants, but at the same time, they don't give a fuck about the actual comics. No, they don't. Um, the continuity doesn't matter. The characters themselves don't matter. They're, gonna, they're redefining everything. They're deciding what Disney's – they need to fucking – get the stuff on Disney XD. They need to make shows. They need to tie this shit all together with the toys, all this stuff. It's now a product. It's a super product. It's so like evil genius where, like you said, you don't notice it, but slowly everything just kind of gets homogenized and justified yeah. little by little until you, and you just accept it because it's just a little thing at a time. Well, the thing is, is that for the most part, it's going to be invisible to a lot of yeah, people. Absolutely. And because uh, they know gonna, if they did too much too fast, that it would ruin it. Like they're fucking evil genius, smart and, dude. And they're winning because they're tricking people into liking this yes. shit. Yes. <laughs> All right. Like, let's put a cute thing here. Yeah. It's got let's a, put a cute thing there. there. He's got put a, a couple of jokes here. We got a pork over here. You got a baby Groot over there. Boom. We got everything covered. There's your toys for this season, you fuckers. Yeah. Wow. And it's it's very, very deliberate yes. too. It's like and Lucas sucked at this. Like his Jar Jar Binks was a huge fail. Yeah. Disney would never have done yeah. a Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. But uh, it's the same thing. They're just better. But the at same it. idea. Yeah. They're just so much Disney knows what the fuck they're they, doing. I mean, they really do. It's I go back and forth to you know, evil genius fucking shit. Unbelievable. They are the indoctrinators that we've all been fearing. 
and it's happening. Like, like I didn't fear Disney maybe like 20 years ago because Disney was just Mickey Mouse. Right. But now, because like, I'm like, who gives a fuck about Mickey Mouse after five years old? Nobody. But now mm-hmm. they have cable stations. They have TV. They have Hannah Montana. They have they have all this, like, whatever that whatever it is that Zendaya was on. Like, they have all of these shows, and then these, these things now creep into uh, Marvel and all of this stuff. And it's clearly becoming... Not just something that people grow out of at five. It's something that's they have stores now. Mm-hmm. They bought every intellectual property that's worth owning, and uh, they've even like bit, managed to wrestle it away from people that already owned the shit that that uh, that Marvel had. It, dude, so, think about how fucking brilliant this is. They indo- they hook you from the time you are literally a baby. Yes, to every stage in your life now. Right. You can carry Disney IPs back. You can be four years old yes. and wear a Disney IP shirt. And then when you have kids and, and the know. fucking shit starts over again and it just doubles down and reinforces it. And before you know it, you're the fucking Disney whore and you didn't even know what you were doing. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's fucking brilliant. Oh my God. Yeah, but that, you know, and that's the thing. We, uh, the people who grew up with these IPs, um, a lot of them, I mean, Star Wars was a yeah. was an indie thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was an expensive indie, but it was an indie. Marvel Studios, when they make Iron Man, was an independent studio. Yeah. They didn't know what they were doing. Marvel had no fucking money. Nope. It was on the verge of fucking closing and collapsing. Yeah. So they saved Marvel to destroy Marvel. <laughs> we knew it was going to happen. They, they basically saved like a beautiful woman and then raped her. Yes. They save, <laughs> but they rape also. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about Sid number three, which is, this is my entry. The whole Donald Trump presidency so far has been a fucking. Well, according to you, Imran, if you listen, if you ever read Trump's tweets, no. he would say the opposite. Yes. He, in his own delusional mind, has a win every day. But literally, yes. a day doesn't go by where he proves. He's killing it. What, what that the man is just not want to do this job. Like, you know what? Like the fact that he tweets this stuff is the, probably the biggest thing that like is, is insane. Yes. Like if he was just a, a guy that did the shit that he did, but didn't tweet about it. Like he's giving, he's the one that's giving all the ammo to everybody all the time. What? It's just yeah. the fact that he cannot. His ego will let not let him just shut the fuck up and just just take it. My button's bigger than yours, Kim. Yeah, you got a button. Like, what did he do today? He said that he sold uh, the military sold Norway um, these jets that are only that don't exist and they're from Call of Duty. Oh shit! They're not real planes. He thinks they're real planes. He said like F fifty twos, which is like only in Call. And he's like, oh, these are the Call of Duty planes. We sold them to Norway. Great. Uh, Chappelle has some great bits about Trump in his latest special. Where he's, Go for it. Where he's just like, uh, man, you're not supposed to be telling us this shit. <laughs> and he tells you shit. And then he's like, he's like, Trump wants to bring back coal? I haven't seen a piece of fucking coal my whole life. <laughs> I don't even know what it looks like. Uh, it's, uh, it's just every day. So it's, yeah, it's, a, well, it's a major sin. Yeah, Dave Chappelle was brilliant. That should have been up in the win. That was a win. I had that, and then it goes into streaming TV because without that, that whole iceberg slim fucking thing Holy was shit. fucking genius. That's fucking good shit. Uh, sin number four, rugs. What is it? 
Speaking of iceberg slime, <laughs> I'm being a bitch. Um, like a uh, bad CGI in the mustache gate. Um, oh man, I think that was probably. I mean, that's one of the biggest sins that I've seen all year. It's very egregious. Like that they would put out this movie with like visibly bad CGI on one of the most important characters. I mean, in this day and age, on a movie this high profile, there is no excuse to put out a product like that. And uh, not only that, but not even be able to be smart enough to figure out a way around this problem. Right. This was your solution? Like, instead of adding maybe a fake beard or just yeah, a very- Yeah, like have a bearded Superman. You couldn't do that. Like, I just don't understand why- To save tons the, of money and easy they had practical the solution. to try this. I don't know. You, you know. Like, things can be done. You could really, like, I mean, Paul Walker was CG'd into, like, Fast and the Furious. And it was, like, you know, go- done good enough so it wasn't really that noticeable. No, I mean, but even you, Steppenwolf in the movie was not that great. Like, the yeah, whole movie they just suffered. Had the CG in Justice League, for the amount of money that it costs, it's embarrassing. And let me tell you something. Mission Impossible 6, when that comes out... Fucking Cavill's mustache better have lines and be shooting at people because what is the reason he couldn't shave it off? That mustache better be a goddamn plot point in Mission Impossible 6 for ruining fucking Justice League. <laughs> that mustache should have its own romantic interest. Just walk up and leave. Like, like it saves the day at the end of the movie. The mustache. Like there's a lot of bad CGI out there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's a lot of great shit, though. Like, like every time you try and pass off... Bad CGI is good shit. Just like look at Planet of the Apes. Amazing. Look at that. Amazing. Seamless. You know, it's just ridiculous. The shit that they've done in that movie. There's so many things that are, that are done that you wouldn't even know are CG that are so well done. You just can't be like, yeah, defend it and say it looks fine. No, it didn't. It does not, and it can be done better. Uh, Number five on the sins, and this is one I really hated putting on here, but it needed to be put on here. This is one of the shows that was, at one time, my favorite fucking show of all time. Yeah. And it's The Walking Dead. What happened, Walking Dead? (laughs) We know what happened. Scott Gibble's a dick. It went It went on too long. They hired the wrong guy to steer the show. They tried to be like, they tried to engineer water cooler talk. It's one of those things when you see something like Walking Dead that used to have these compelling characters that you really wanted to follow. And they've managed to make you like so not give a shit about them anymore and that you're tired of watching them. And it's just like now you're like just watching it out of some fucked up loyalty. That's the only reason if I hadn't invested so much of my time, I, I, would, I wouldn't be watching this show anymore. Like, I don't care. Call got bit. Who cares? Fuck off. The show sucks now. It is. I just I don't understand like, why they're and I don't think there's any coming back. Like, it's can they funny save because it? like The Walking Dead has not affected me in any way. Like anybody's death, anything that's happening, the it doesn't affect me. It doesn't emotionally, I'm not invested anymore. And I knew that when I watched this other show, Hall and Catch Fire, uh. and, and I got to the, the end of the, the fourth season, and I was just, like, I, I actually fucking, like, had, like, feelings and emotions tied to the oh, show. Wow. And, I was, and I was just like, oh, shit. Because it's, the characters were that enthralling. So, like when The Walking Dead is like the flagship show that's got the most viewers, and it does not. I don't know. I can't. 
I'm baffled to why people still no, watch there's it. There's nothing there. The characters uh, are everything's inconsistent. You don't. I I I'm often confused as to their plans. Uh, I just I don't know. It's just they fucked it up beyond any kind of saving for me. Right. And like you said, it's gone. It's gone on too long. They need to kill this show. They need to write an ending. They need to pull a Game of Thrones and fucking kill the show, even if uh, Kirkman doesn't want to end it. Right. Uh, number six in every cinematic shared universe that isn't Marvel. Now, how many can you <laughs> name besides the, the monster verse? There's the Dark Universe. Yes. There's Transformers, even though they're making a Bumblebee movie. Right. Uh, the X-Men's kind of a shared universe. Okay. Uh, you got, uh, you could count Spider-Man Homecoming as like a split universe. Uh, what else do we have? The MonsterVerse, which is with King Kong. Oh, yeah. The there's Godzilla. the Godzilla MonsterVerse. That's actually, uh, I think that's doing okay. Like Kong Skull Island was all right. Uh, it did add, it did grow the mythology and it had a couple of world building elements. Right. That one, I'm still on board, but I just feel like people aren't going to be uh, trying to do this as much in the future, maybe, because it's not as easy as 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 it seems. And as we just saw with Jumanji, like you could make a great movie and and make a lot of money, and it doesn't have to be filled with setup for seven other movies. Yeah, I just, I'm still mystified at why people hate the Mummy so much, though. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just thing- I, I I didn't think it was that bad. In fact, I, I watched a lot of I watched a lot of movies that I thought were going to be dog shit, and this is the my 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 feeling is that when you have a movie that you're looking forward to that's such dog shit like like uh, Justice League, right? Well, that's the other uni- shared universe that really right. struggling, yeah. And Suicide Squad mm-hmm. and all of these shitty ass movies, um, and then you watch a movie that everybody says is shitty, and then you're like, okay, watch the Mummy, and you're like, it's shitty, but like. So is this? <laughs> I'm supposed to, and it made so much money. I'm like, so what's the what's the fucking difference? Uh, I watched that that Great Wall movie that everybody shit all yeah, over. Yeah, how was that? It was uh, I don't know. Everybody tried to make it into a whitewashing thing. It had nothing to do with whitewash. I mean, well, why like, is Matt Damon the one white guy at the Wall of China, and what, what is there a big dragon there? Well, <laughs> don't give it away. I want to watch it though. No, no. Basically, Matt Damon. It, they're, him and his dudes are out. They're going to the east on the Silk Road to try and find oh. gunpowder. Oh, okay. And they have it. So these people are going to the advanced culture, which are the, the Chinese. Yeah, okay. All right. They're not being portrayed, portrayed as the savages oh, or anything like that. They're being portrayed as the advanced. Yeah, they uh, have this fucking mm. crazy ass technology and all this shit that they don't have. And um, Matt Damon isn't even the hero of the movie. Matt Damon. The person that ends up doing all of like the heroic shit is actually a woman Ooh. and she's Chinese. Oh, cool. So he's he he has an important role in this movie. We we're looking at this movie. He's like the vehicle that we see what's going on in this movie. What would you score it? Um, I wouldn't score it that high, but it's definitely like a, a six point five. Better than Justice League? I would say on par with it, at least. I I, I thought like I like the director of this movie. He directed a lot of other movies that were good. So, but um, not this is not his best. But still, like it was a movie. Hmm. It, was, it was a movie. <laughs> it was a movie. It ended, and then something happened, and uh, it was a complete fantasy. Like you know, it was kind of like a sci-fi, like you know, Chinese like uh, in, you know, kung fu movie. You know, yeah. 
It was weird. Right. It was a weird fucking I'm gonna movie. Check it out. It's on cable now, right? Yeah, it's on cable. That's the only reason I watched it. Was on, it was on HBO. I'm going to watch this shit and see how bad it is with Matt Damon. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is like this is bad, but it's like it's bad, but it's like uh it's like Transformers bad. You know, like the first Transformers, where it's like you're, it's enter- you can watch it. It's, so it's like Michael Bay bad. It's like ridiculous. It's a ridiculous movie. I would say it's the same as Jumanji or any of these fucking movies. It's like you're not going to put it up and say this is a great movie. You're just like, I saw it. It was a movie. It's entertaining. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sin number seven, Rugs. Uh, this was yours, and I put it in, and uh, uh, it's the hype machine and hashtags. Yeah. Basically, um, this is encompassing all of social media and marketing and bullshit. Yeah. Like yep. when a movie comes out and or anything comes out, it's just like I, the hype is like you have to try and figure out what the actual truth is. Because, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out. Best movie it's ever. The fuck, best movie ever. <laughs> this other movie comes out. Best, best movie, movie ever. ever. The greatest movie ever. And then all of a sudden, DC movies are pieces of shit before they even hit the, the screens. <laughs> like, all of this stuff is like, it's like hype. It's like Every it, Marvel you, movie has been the funniest Marvel movie yet. Yeah, I hate that. It really I, affects the entertainment of try, of enjoying. It affects enjoying these movies. Uh, it's really ruining things, and these hashtags are—they're are, turning actual legit movements into entitled horseshit. Yeah, and it's like you got the, the, the Zack Snyder people that yes, thirteen of them show up. Yeah, the thing, like it's like all of these things. Like we're trying to activate people and trigger people and get people to do things and whatever. And it's like just shut the fuck up and let the movie stand on its own. Yeah, hashtags aren't going to change a fucking thing, people. It's your actions. Yeah, I mean, like. All these people are outraged and this and that or have opinions. Uh. Now, like, look, I'm a fucking critic. I have a fucking show. I have fans that listen to me and they want to know my opinion. So I give it to them. There you go. Right. They, they, that's what they tune in for. They don't tune in to hear me fucking just suck the cock of every movie. (laughs) All right. I, that's what I do. So of course I'm going to do it. But then there's like, like some fucking guy scratching his ass that has never, doesn't, I don't know what is he's not even making a salient point about right, anything. Right. Tweets out uh, fucking two lines and uh, yeah, yeah or like even with Trump or like, this yeah. is all hype. It's like, like anything that's happening, it's like Trump's hyping himself. Then other people are hyping the other thing, and then you don't even know what to think anymore. It's just a bunch of like guard, just a bunch of noise that's in the air. And I think that um, movies used to stand on their own. Art used to stand on its own. It used to either be good or not good. And uh, you weren't like, like uh, you know, when ten, 13 Reasons Why came out, everybody had to watch it because it was so important. And it, it, uh, does anybody even talk about it now? Yeah, no. Yeah. You know, it's just like all of these things, like this fake like excitement for things that are supposed to be meaningful. And then all of a sudden no one gives a fuck about them. Anymore. Well, you know, the danger of what Trump and this hype uh, is, is doing t- uh, with Twitter with language is like, it's really destroying everyone's uh, critical thought. It's destroying people's uh, uh, their opportunity to make their own decision. Like uh, it's, it's really damaging and it's really scary 
because this is what, like, what he's doing is what, like, a dictator does. It's what a fascist dictator does is use turn everything around with the language. And this is the kind of same thing. But this is, is everyone. Yes, but that's, that's the thing. It's being I, he's, the, up. he's the, he's the, like, the, the ringleader of yes, it, of course. Absolutely. The- and, but it's picked up and, and regurgitated and it's starting to spread like a disease. Right. People just can't think I for think themselves. I, and it always bugs me when basically. It's like the pol- it's like the thought police or like the yes. the like the the funniest thing to me is like like we don't know who the fucks on Twitter saying whatever but I guarantee you that if we fucking uh, went through their lives with a fucking fine tooth comb we would find out that they don't know have a fucking a leg to stand on and some of this uh, high horse shit you know everybody acts like that they're fucking righteous and perfect and they never did anything wrong and everybody else is an asshole and you know who's the who's the moral uh high ground here whatever so it's just crazy that all of these anonymous people are just fucking judging every single little thing without any like thoughts to back it up it's crazy or any kind of credibility to what they're saying or anything yeah, that's definitely a sin. All right, good stuff. Good sins and wins. I like this segment, Rugs. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. I just think that what we should do but as a society before we close this yes. out is that if you if you think something and you think it's the truth, say it. Just speak your truth, man. Yeah. That's all. That's it. The revolution will not be televised. All right, before we wrap up, I got a bunch of email and feedback. I got to share with you, listener, starting with a uh, comment from Jason Mumert, who's one of the hosts of the Voice from the Underground podcast. He writes, hey, man, just listen to a few of your shows. What's catching up? One thing about net neutrality you missed that I wanted to let you know about affects us personally. Everything you guys said was correct, but in addition to it, it is now going to be legal for internet services such as Cox or Verizon or Comcast to charge content providers such as you and I to compete against the big boys. So in other words, the Jock and Nerd podcast and Voice from the Underground will have to potentially pay and compete against the big boy podcasts like Sam Harris or Revisionist History or Lore or potentially even giants like Facebook. Otherwise, we will have to be on the slower bandwidth while those guys are on the faster lanes. We need to fight this together, brother, tooth and nail. This could be very bad. I agree, Jason. Fuck you, Ajit Pai. Giving, <laughs> making brown people look bad. But I'm, I will be following this story, and I mean that. The, hey, only time's gonna tell. Only time's man. gonna tell how much they're gonna fuck us up. Uh, next, we got an email from Wes Cranford, loyal listener, Patreon supporter from Australia. He writes, "Hi all. Well, I've been out of the loop for a while. My first single Christmas and New Year's in 16 years. Anthony, you would have been proud. Boat parties with scantily clad girls, house parties with sex groups upstairs, excessive alcohol, MDMA, bumps, etc. Had to force myself to stay home this weekend and watch Black Mirror. Season 4, Episode 2 is great. Anyway, I was surprised you three didn't care for The Last Jedi. I'm sticking to my guns. I found it enjoyable, though I understand why the new millennial doesn't like Star Wars. It is cheesy, always has been, but really, you two old farts should have liked it. I, too, like Punisher and agree with all on that one. I'm enjoying Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and look forward to watching new episode. Also, only one more day till Discovery comes back. Excited for that one. Trying to watch CW stuff, but not pushing it. Black Mirror is getting most of my attention now. I can't binge it, though. 
Each show needs to be digested. Now I'm forcing myself to get back to work. Down under Christmas and summer holidays overlap. Everything literally shuts down. No, not the bars. Been a rough but fantastic month and a half. I'm a mess, though. Time to balance a little. Anthony, you're 30. You'll start to understand. Hangovers will soon become disabilitating. Shit, spell that wrong. Well, gotta go. Good day from down under. Uh, my favorite part of this email is... Uh, boat parties with scantily clad girls, house parties with sex groups upstairs, excessive alcohol, MDMA bumps. That sounds like a good time, Wes. That's a long email to read. <laughs> that sounds like a good Not time. Not a lot of it is geared toward the show in any way. <laughs> he's just, um, look, he's checking in. He's had a rough year. He needs to vent. We're here for him. We're here for okay, you. Okay, that's good. Let's be here for Wes. I'm with you, Wes. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it, dude. Hang in there, buddy. You're you're gonna we'll we'll be here to make you laugh. Finally, dude, you're, you're gonna feel in about like six months. You're gonna feel fucking great. So. <laughs> yes, there you go, Wes. Down under will be great. Uh, finally, we got an email from Jimmy Graben. Uh, Happy New Year, fellas. He writes, another great edition of the year-end review. Loved it, in capital letters. And thank you for putting that together again. Bilotti said something in this episode that really stuck with me. How you feel about a movie really depends on your mood or mindset at that time in your life. He gave a great example of when he went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I relate that to when I first saw Star Wars Episode 1. I was 11 years old and in the fifth grade. I saw that movie three times in theaters and loved every second. Now seeing it as an adult, I realize it is a steaming pile of shit, but... I will always have a spot, soft spot for that film. Also, the first time I saw Spider-Man, I was in the eighth grade and our entire class went out to see that on a Friday night. I remember how stoked my friends and I were. We thought it was the most amazing movie we had ever seen. Still love that movie to this day. I know you three probably have films like that that you love as well and have memories, and I would love to hear those. Anthony, don't sweat turning 30, buddy. I'm just a couple of months older than you and already have a wife and kid. You have a lot of time to ask chicks if they want to go to Hooters. Take care, boys. You are the best. Jimmy the Geek. Deep, deep callback right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Hooters. P.S. Just for fun. Here's his rankings. At number six, he has Justice League. Number five, he has Spider-Man Homecoming. Number four, Wonder Woman. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Number two, Thor Ragnarok, which leaves Logan as his number one pick. That's a pretty good ranking. I like that. Yeah. Do you have a movie like that, Ruggs, that uh, it's tied to your childhood that you'll you'll never forget? Uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, the shit that I watch is the same shit that you watched. I mean, you know, we got... Um, uh, Back to the Future. That was great. You got, um, you know, Star Wars, The Return of the Jedi, because I saw that in the theater. Um, the original Superman, and I would say Batman the movie. Oh yeah, that Bat- definitely Batman eighty nine. Like when he uh, when he mentioned this, like immediately a couple. I have a couple of things that come to mind. One is. The first time it was, I think I was in third grade. They took us into the auditorium and I didn't know what was going to happen. And the screen came down, the lights went out and they showed Willy Wonka and the fucking chocolate factory with Gene Wilder. And I was like, what is this movie? Like that movie I love because of that. Uh, Also funny story. uh, I remember sneaking in with my dad and my, my sister when we were little, my dad snuck us into Look Who's Talking To. Uh, I'll never forget that. <laughs> and also Poltergeist, because my cousins took me to see Poltergeist when I was six years old. It scared the fucking shit All out right, of me. I, I, I was I too got young to see one. that movie. Yes. I got 
Oh, one more. <laughs> I got a couple of movies. All right. There's two movies, three movies in particular okay. that I went to the theater in different situations. One, I went to go see Pee Wee's Big Adventure with my friend and his mom. Mm-hmm. And this dude's mom was dying through the whole entire movie. Like laughing like, or like sick? Just like uncontrollable laughing. <laughs> so it made me laugh because I couldn't ever. She was laughing so hard. And uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure is still a great movie yeah, from my love, childhood. Love it. Um, the second one was a little bit older, and I snuck in to see this. It was uh, The Golden Child with Eddie Murphy. Oh, shit. That's a great movie. Oh, my God. That movie <laughs> was so many fucking funny moments in that movie. And I remember I almost pissed my pants laughing that much. <laughs> I was, there were so many curse words in that yes. shit. And it was karate. <laughs> there was fucking a dragon. There's a dragon lady. It was a weird fucking ass movie. I don't even understand what the fucking movie is about. Um, and then the third movie was Mannequin. Mannequin? Yes. Oh, snap. I used to love the Mannequin movie. I went to see Mannequin <laughs> with a bunch of people. Who was in this? That was, uh, what's that fucking I, guy's name? Uh, I don't remember who was Hold in on, it. look it up. Why do you remember Mannequin? I just remember I saw Mannequin when I was like a, a kid. <laughs> You're like, what is this movie? How come she like, stops moving when people look away from her? I don't know why I wanted to see it. <laughs> it's like, I used to watch this. I don't remember the name. I think it's called Today's Special. Okay. It was on Nickelodeon. It was about a mannequin that was a dude. And when they shut the store down, like he would come to life and play with like all the toys. <laughs> okay. Look it up, YouTube. Andrew McCarthy and Kim Cattrall. Yes. So I felt like that this was like a movie version of Today's Special. Okay. And of course, and I, Meshach and it was Taylor. Still adult. You can't forget Meshach Taylor. Yeah, and it was like an adult movie with I, like sex in it and stuff. I I did I love I just love the idea of the mannequin and you like you kind of wanted a mannequin. You wanted your own woman that would only come alive when you're looking at her and no one else is yeah. looking. Like yeah. what a crazy sci-fi fucking what setup. What a fucking weird ass movie. It was and a weird ass one, movie. Another one that was great was Short Circuit. Oh, I love Short Circuit. Short Circuit again for me. He's speaking Urdu in the movie and I'm like Holy shit, is that a fucking packy guy? No, it's Fisher Stevens in brown makeup who learned how to speak Urdu. But I thought that was a fucking brown guy for a long time. We all did. Also, Return of the Jedi. I have vivid memories of watching that in the theater. Well, like, I said that one. Uh, yeah, when the fucking lightsaber pops out of R2 and Luke catches it. Uh, that dude, when you're eight, that's the best fucking thing ever. It's still pretty good. Okay, yeah. good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. Rugs, where can the listener find you? Oh, my God. You can find me on Twitter at ReallyRugBoy. Come say hi. Or in the nearest alley with the dumpster in the gutter. Yeah, if you got the right shit, yeah, we'll talk. God, follow Really Rug Boy on Twitter. Subscribe to the show and Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, tell a friend, a listener. Talking nerd. Spread the geekery. Thanks for listening to the Jocka Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Rug Boy. He's the Rug Boy. And he's the nerd. Hey, we'll catch you next time. Listen, I want you to meet me in alley. Bring a million dollars in a clear plastic bag. Uh, uh, <laughs> Don't worry, it'll be fine. That sounds no safe. No one will rob us. No one will rob the money. So you get nothing. You exactly. lose. Good day, sir. <laughs>